Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. That's ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Again, that's ebaymotors.com. Catch those springtime vibes all over Arizona. Break out of the winter blues by hitting the water at one of our lake and river parks. Take a hike among the wildflowers. Just make sure to stay on the trails and leave the flowers for the bees. Discover Arizona's best kept secret and visit azstateparks.com slash amazing to start your springtime adventure. Welcome, everyone, to the Spotlight. Shout out to Big Dick MLJ for the intro there. <laughs> and shout out to Gisberto for the thumbnail. Popped me tremendously with the uh, dabbing. Is yeah, it, what is happening? Gisberto. Dude, oh, okay. hey, Gisberto, if you hear this, um, you do a fantastic job. Like, I, I love the thumbnails. I think it. Uh, I think it's, like, leveled up our podcast. So, I, like, I honestly believe that. I think that the, uh, the, I think the thumbnails have been really good. I really like the Spotlight logo that we have now. I've been saying it privately for a while. I'll just throw it out there publicly because it still hasn't happened. We need spotlight t-shirts on Fightful.com so people can go check those out. So get those. Sean Ross up is a coward and, and won't, won't do anything for us. Um, yes, Gisberto has, has done great. He he bought me tremendously because I asked him. I, I tell him, like, here's the images we I kind of want to use. Here's the caption. And then he comes up with the rest of it. And he put Montreal Canadiens colors for the Montreal decision. And, and the, uh, the logo, our spotlight logo, it has the orange like trim, which like the NHL logo. So he, I'm pretty sure it just makes a thumbnail. My voice just cracked. Jesus. Uh, I'm pretty sure it just makes a thumbnail to, uh, to pop me, which is fine. Uh, you know, play to the audience of one. And the one is the, the co-host of the show. Have you taken that hoodie off? Is that thing been dude, washed? No, you this, got is, it? this is, this is the, this is the running gimmick, dude. It's definitely like Cody Rhodes merch until 
he wins the title and then possibly even going crazier than that maybe even after that um but yeah no i got this this is the new hoodie this is the new one from WWE shop um i've got the other the old one from WWE shop i've got his new t-shirt that just recently came in i got his new action figures you know i got both of them we got the we got the basic we got the elite since the WWE comeback so we're uh you know we're rolling cody rhodes merchandise ready for ready for this big win at wrestlemania Guys, today's episode is sponsored by Wrestle Rumble. Everyone go to WrestleRumble.com, sign up for their Elimination Chamber uh, pick them, and first prize is $1,000. So all you got to do, pick the matches, and you get $1,000 if you are the victor. And we are giving away three, count it, three free entries to the Elimination Chamber at Wrestle Rumble on today's show. Very simple, and I'll say this throughout the show, but very simple. All you got to do is leave a Wrestle Rumble in the chat and you're you're included. You're in the entry. You are there. You are in the entry uh, for the for the drawing. We'll do the drawing at the end of the show uh, to give away three free entries. And then you'll have to message Steven Jensen. He'll get you all hooked up for that. I'll again continue to talk more about it during the show. But shout out to Matt and the guys at Wrestle Rumble for for sponsoring <clears throat> the show. We appreciate it. We love them. Uh, real quickly, I'm going to answer this question. Uh, hey, Jeremy, will you do live with the predictions and odds of Elimination Chamber? Uh, yes, that'll be up Friday on Overbooked. Myself and Jared Bailey will have not only prediction odds for Elimination Chamber, but Battle in the Valley as well. We're recording that tonight, so that'll be up tomorrow on Overbooked. So everyone can can check that out. Look at this. Everybody, yes. leaving the Wrestle Rumble yes. in the chat. We appreciate thank you. that. We appreciate Everyone, that. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for you doing that. Yes. And if you don't get the free entry, go over to WrestleRumble.com and, you know, send them some money. Sign up yourself. You get $1,000 if you win. All you got to do is know a little bit about WWE. Yeah. Unlike Dude. Steven Jensen, who only knows about Cody Rhodes. Except for NXT, because I won this championship from WrestleRumble.com. So, I'm telling y'all, it's it's for me being someone who obviously I'm, I'm very heavily invested with Cody being back, but you know, I've been very out of the loop for a long time and kind of the week to week, you know, everything that's been going on in the WWE, but I've stayed invested mainly because of Wrestle Rumble because the prizes are awesome. Like Jeremy said, thousand dollars is going to go to the winner at this Wrestle Rumble elimination chamber picking contest. Um, they have a lot of other entries or other contests that usually are going on too. So if you don't see a, a, uh, you know, a pick em contest available at the time. A lot of the time they have belt giveaways. Um, sometimes they're giving away money. Sometimes they're giving away title belts. Sometimes they have other prizes, action figures, uh, memorabilia, a whole bunch of stuff over there. So um, thank you very much, as Jeremy said, to Wrestle Rumble for being a part of the show again this week. Um, and thank you all for, for putting Wrestle Rumble in the chat. If you just continue to do it throughout the show, like Jeremy said, we'll take three names. Or we'll, we'll take everyone's name off of the chat. And we'll pick three of them at random with a little uh, random name generator at the end of the show. And you'll all get free entries uh, to, to try your luck at $1,000 based on your skill as a wrestling fan. That's what makes it so much fun at Wrestle Rumble. You get to sit on your couch and actually do like fantasy picks for WWE shows. And not just that, they have AEW pay-per-views on there too. Um, and the more that y'all get involved, the more that they can put on these contests. And I've been doing them for like five years now or whatever. I've I love I love what they do over there. So thank you once again to Wrestle Rumble, as Jeremy said. Let's get into our spotlights here, Jensen. We're going to start where I feel like we're going to start every single week until the end of time. Do you want to be a professional wrestler or do you want to be a WWE superstar? You know, WWE superstar sounds a whole lot better than me than being a professional wrestler. Whoa! <laughs> 
Sami Zayn is set to challenge Roman Reigns for the undisputed WWE Universal Championship this Saturday at Elimination Chamber. And a lot of talk of should Sami win? Uh, should he not win? Should it still be Cody and Roman? A lot of talk of how they would intersperse these stories with between Cody, Sami, and Roman. On Monday's WWE Raw, Sami came out and he called out Cody Rhodes. He said, come on, let's settle this. Cody came out. They cut a hell of a promo with, with Cody endorsing Sammy to, de, to, to defeat Roman Reigns, wanting Sammy to finish his story the way Cody plans on finishing his story at WrestleMania. Sammy had some doubts of like, you know, I don't, I don't know if I can beat Roman. Like, I know I can be the face of this company. I know I can, I can, I know I can do all this stuff, but I've been in the trenches with Roman. I've seen what he's capable of, and I don't know if I can beat him. And Cody gave him the pep talk, the big inspirational pep talk that only Cody Rhodes can deliver. And he said, finish your story. Jensen, I love this. I thought it was great. I was very concerned about, you know, how they would do this. Would they keep them separate? I've said, I have said from the start, Sammy should win in Montreal. I've said that, make this moment. It is such a good story. It is such a good moment. Figure it out afterwards. And there are different ways you can go with this after Sammy gets the victory. And I said you could even do Cody and Sammy at WrestleMania. I think there are ways to do this. And then you can, there's plenty of ways to go with Roman. What are your thoughts after this promo? Well, I thought the whole segment was great. Um, and I think from what I could tell, I think most of the fan base would agree from like what I've seen on tweets and stuff. But, you know, I, I was, I talked about it last week a bit, but it just, it's genius how, Cody is getting ahead of all of this because they're doing everything they can to avoid him getting booed while they're while the fan base is behind. This is all a promo like that is 100% to be like the fans are behind me. Cody's behind Sammy. The fans are behind Cody being behind Sammy. So there's no reason for the fans to boo Cody. If, if Sammy is unsuccessful, then Cody's like the next like the next shot that, that the fans have to beat Roman. And I've said it for months now, or like really, I guess, yeah, really since, really since we, we started seeing the way this was going to be forming with, with Sammy eventually going against the, because for a while now we've been kind of speculating. It's going to be the Usos and Kevin versus Kevin Owens, and Sammy Zane and Cody Rhodes versus Roman Reigns. But I've been saying a big key to that is the idea that it's Cody, Kevin, and Sammy collectively taking down the bloodline. It isn't so much about like each individual match. It's this collective story. And I think Cody in his promo on Monday really shows exactly that. Like he's basically saying like, we're a team here. You, you go win the championship and then I'll wrestle you at WrestleMania and we'll respect each other and we'll just have a great match and may the best fan win. Uh, but if you don't win, I'm going to be the guy to beat Roman. So I, I thought this was done really, really well. And the fans seem to love it. Cody's super over. He's not getting booed. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I've, I, I've, you know, so, so after that, are you sticking with, do you still think Sami Zayn should win it at Elimination Chamber? Yeah, I think Sami should win yeah. Elimination Chamber. I think this lends more credence to Cody and Sami at WrestleMania, you can do the face first face thing. They they can make it work where they can kind of both edge towards the the heel side, but really just spit truths 
Um, you know, Cody can can say things like, you know, I don't believe or people don't believe that you are, can actually be the face of this company, that you could be on like Fallon and, and Kimmel. I don't know if either of those shows still exist, that you can like be on these shows or anything. Don't don't put it as like, I don't believe this because Cody clearly has belief in Sammy. Just like people say this, like I've always believed in you. I've always thought I've always thought the the best in you and things like that. And you can run with that of, of uh, Cody speaking on those things with Sammy. You can speak about hey, leaving, leaving WWE. You found yourself, you went out there and you did it on your own and you worked hard out there. But you know, I stayed here. And I took stuff that they gave me that maybe I wasn't always thrilled with. And I made the most of it. And you can say things like that. You can speak a lot of truths and you can either edge towards the heel of it, or you can speak it in a way of like, Hey, the fans think you did this or other people think you did this, but they still have that respect and that belief in each other to where they're not really healing on each other, like directly in that way. Um, but you can you can do it with, with both of them, and I think the fans will be behind both of them. They were behind both of them on Monday. They love the Sammy story. Cody ain't getting booed. I, I said that when people were talking about the Rumble of like, oh, they're gonna boo Cody if if Sammy's not in it. Sam, like, nah, y'all don't understand how popular Cody like actually is with this fan base. If you think this is a Danielson Ray Mysterio situation, Batista situation where they're gonna boo him, it ain't like that at all so i don't i don't think that that's that's gonna happen they're both good enough performers to where they can carry this as a face first face as well they're both that good and then with roman look man the story is there with jay you can just do roman and jay at wrestlemania you can do the usos against roman and solo at wrestlemania people might see this as like a step down for roman and it's like well this isn't a big you know title match after all of this with roman reigns but it's Roman. It's a big match regardless. It's going to be a big match. And I don't know what Roman's schedule is after WrestleMania either. So you got to go other places with, with Bloodline if Roman ain't going to be there every single week. So having it more centered around Jay, Jimmy, and Solo is, to me, is kind of the move you, you should consider here. So I'm still in on Sammy winning uh, in Montreal on Saturday. Yeah. You make interesting points. I I still think I still think that Sammy's losing in Montreal, and Kevin Owens makes the big save, and it's the tag team match because because then in your scenario, like Kevin Owens gets left out. The you know, I don't know. There, it's I'm, I'm not saying it's that. And there's also there's people we've talked about it before here about like the possibility of like a triple threat match for the title. I think even Cody has mentioned that he's like you know the idea of that of them doing a triple threat at WrestleMania. But like uh, Remorse Betrayal in the chat said, I'm actually logged in this morning and put that up there. Oh, look at that. Uh, Roman's the final Exactly. Roman's is the final boss. I think it's important that he's the one that pins at WrestleMania for that title. But here's the thing. Sammy, Sammy is so over that, like, I, I've said this every week. I'm being totally fair about this. Like, I, I, I understand. Because me and you both all, there, I see the comparison often, but me and you both live through like mankind in the late nineties. Like that gives me a lot, very similar feeling to how I feel about Sami Zayn right now. Both are mega over, both are mega over as baby faces, um, both with like, you know, um, unique looks and personalities and like stuff you don't really normally see at like the top of WWE, those dudes. 
and they've made it like and but neither really needed the title like but it was it was a great moment when mankind won the title on raw don't get me wrong that was awesome and i think it'd be a great moment for sammy Zayn to win the title you know in, in montreal it, it absolutely would be an amazing moment one of the biggest pops we've like ever heard in wrestling especially depending on especially that if they had like Bret Hart there or something, you know, to like give him the belt or something, you know what I mean? Like there's ways that can make that really, really badass for Sami Zayn and for Montreal in that whole moment. So I'm not saying that like, it's an impossible idea in the WWE wouldn't, especially with Triple H, like quote unquote being in charge. And I only put that in quotes because Vince, Vince is back and all, but like if they're, if, if Triple H really wants to make a statement that like he listens to the fans and that he's willing to call an audible, yeah, uh, you know, this would be a very big dick move for him to change the plans for WrestleMania if they were Roman Reigns versus Cody um, to change them to, to Sammy winning the title right before WrestleMania because of how over Sammy is. Um, but the good thing is these are all interesting ideas that are all going to be really, really good. But once again, I am I am officially sticking as far as like predictions go. I'm sticking with uh, with Roman to defeat Sammy and then Kevin Owens making the big save. I am too. I still think that's what's going to happen. Um, do you think there is a chance that if Sammy loses on Saturday, that because the crowd is so behind them, that maybe that's when kind of a turn comes on Cody of like, they, they actually don't want Cody and, and Roman. Like they're so disappointed that Sammy did not get the title that leading up to WrestleMania, they kind of, they kind of turn against the the main event between Cody and Roman. Um, I think it's possible, but it depends on how they play it. So, like, if coming out of Elimination Chamber, it's, you know, it's clear. Because especially because I'm assuming that Jay will turn on Sammy at Chamber. So Well, Jay, the, the Usos aren't going to be a Chamber. That's the thing. The Usos aren't going to be a Chamber. At all? They, no, they've been told. I mean, it's it's because of the uh, uh, DUI stuff. They can't, they can't cross the border. Neither uh, of them can? I, I think it, I think it's Jimmy, uh, but Jimmy was told by Heyman to watch from home for a TV perspective. So I guess technically Jay could be there, yeah, and that's Jay when Jay would, yeah. turns against Sammy. So I, I guess that is very possible. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Typically, um, like typically the way that they do it, yeah, Jay Jay can be there, but typically in the past, the way they've always done it is like neither of them have been there. Um, so that's why my brain always just goes like, well, usually because Jimmy can't be there, Jay doesn't go either. Uh, yeah, but well, it's also technically a great red herring. It's a really yeah. red herring for a story yeah. that people think they're not going to be there. And then Sami right. Zayn, or sorry, then he comes out and he turns on Sami Zayn. Right. I, th- I think, you know, so as long as coming out of Elimination Chamber, it's very clear that Sammy wants to get revenge on Jay Kevin and Sammy are reunited. We're gonna get the we're gonna get Sammy Zayn and Kevin Owens teaming at WrestleMania against the Usos. These are all very good things. And as long as Sammy endorses Cody coming off of the loss, I think that'd be huge too. Because you can just keep them together through up until WrestleMania. You have Cody, Sammy, and 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 Kevin fighting off the bloodline. In my opinion, like they don't have, to have matches against them, but like they oh, they're to gonna be do. They're gonna. I don't know. I was gonna say they're gonna do a six man tag like the the SmackDown yeah, before probably, Mania, maybe something like before. that. But I don't know yeah. if you want to beat anybody before Mania, like even right. in a six man tag. I don't know if you want to have any of these guys getting pinned. Like Jimmy Uso could maybe like afford getting pinned. You know what I mean? How do like that whole group? That's really the right. only person. But I like, I wouldn't have any of these guys get pinned before Mania. 
I agree though. I I, I agree with you. I, I I protect them as well. But like that's uh that's what that's where I'm at with it. I think that as long as Sammy endorses Cody, because that's a big part of it. I think there's gonna be a trade off here. Cody's endorsing Sammy going into his title shot. Sammy comes up short, but they stay united against the bloodline. Sammy tells the fans after like my my mission now is me and Kevin, our friendship's better. We're gonna be the tag team champions. We're taking down the Usos when we're behind Cody going for the title. Like that's that's all the fans are gonna need to hear. As long as they're all as long as they're all united at the end of the day, um, and the bloodline gets taken down, that's that's what I think is gonna be the big story here. Um, and I think the fans are gonna be down for for how it all plays out. By the way, I don't think it's a step down for Sammy and Owens to go after the tag team titles. I actually think that should headline night one Same. of WrestleMania. Agree, hundred percent. And I know people will be mad that the women should headline uh, one of the nights of WrestleMania, and I understand that. But the story between Sammy and we should challenge the Usos. I agree. Let's let's fucking yeah. fight the Usos, Jensen. I'm down. I'm down. Take them. Yeah. I know, bitch. <laughs> I've called off Edge many times, and you know he's True. Uh, he's scared. He's completely scared of me. Yeah, he's been ducking us for sure. 100%. Edge, yeah, uh, yeah. I think I think uh, Owens and Sammy should one uh, against the Usos should headline Night One of WrestleMania because that's that's the second biggest match to me. That that's the second. I biggest agree. Match. Completely, completely. That that should close WrestleMania Night One. Um, and just because in our scenario, the women wouldn't be main eventing, that doesn't mean that Bianca Belair and whoever wins the Elimination Chamber, uh, I, I'm assuming might, maybe, well, actually, we're talking about that in a second. That's yeah. one of our spotlights. Um, but like, like Bianca and whoever she wrestles is going to tear it up. Like where whoever, you know, Rhea versus Charlotte's going to be badass. Like it doesn't matter where on the card those matches are. They're going to be badass. Like I get there's a prestige to being in the main event of WrestleMania. Uh, Rollins is talking a lot about that, feeling like he's been boxed out of all that. I get there's something to that. You know, I, I definitely understand. But when you've had a story that's been building this long between Sammy Owens and the bloodline and Jey Uso and the, the way this is all played out over like the last over the year. And then also like adding on that Roman's title run has been like three years, 900 days or whatever it is now. That's, you know, th- that that story should main event both nights. It really should. Um, because Sammy having his moment, he you still it's a it's a good way to almost replace in a certain it's different but similar in a certain kind of similar way where um obviously we don't want to glorify Chris Benoit here I get that but like the end of WrestleMania 22 with Benoit and Guerrero in the ring together holding the world titles to close the night like that's going to be Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn at the end of WrestleMania night one you know what I mean like that's going to be a huge moment and I think the fans are going to be like nuts for it so, and then Cody comes out and celebrates with them even maybe like, I mean, they're like, may, may, we're all on the same page. It's like, Cody, you go out and do it tomorrow night. You know what I mean? Like, I, I think that this, I, this, this, what's crazy too is coming out of WrestleMania, we could be looking at this landscape in the WWE where it's all these like massive baby face champions, which I feel like we haven't had in a long time. So that, that's going to be really interesting too. I feel like that's actually kind of exciting to think about just something new. It's going to be Cody. It's going to be Sammy and Kevin winning night one, Cody winning night two, and then a big celebration with all three of them. The end of night two, they're going to interview Cody at the end of the match, and he's going to say, I'm going to Disney World. And then a big Disney banner is going to come down, and it says, WWE sold to Disney. And that's how WrestleMania is going to end, with the three babyface champions announcing that WWE has been sold to Mickey Mouse. 
And then That'd it's truly wild. a new era in WWE. Watch the WWE Network on Disney Plus, everybody. I mean, you pretty much just described the ending to D3, The Mighty Ducks, which is a Disney <laughs> movie. So, um, and Caden says WrestleMania 20. You mean, did I not say WrestleMania 20? That is definitely what I meant. I don't know what I said, but that's what I meant with Guerrero and Benoit. So. Let's move on to our other spotlights uh, from WWE. And it is the Women's Elimination Chamber match to determine who will face Bianca Belair at WrestleMania. Uh, in this match, we have Asuka, we have Raquel Rodriguez, uh, Nikki Cross, Liv Morgan, Natalia, and Carmella. It seems pretty straightforward to me that Asuka is winning this match. Maybe Raquel against bianca because they they do like raquel uh they are very high on raquel i don't see anyone else like really like yeah this seems like a wrestlemania challenger they're, they're high on live live had a good run with the title last year eh, everybody else i don't know it doesn't scream like a wrestlemania match they not not the more interesting thing but something i want to bring up with this is we have becky and bailey who failed to get into the elimination chamber because they lost the triple threat match on monday those two seem like they should be somewhere on this card uh and when it comes to wrestlemania and right now unless they are facing each other unless they are there've been the rumors of a, a six woman tag with uh, Becky, Trish, and Lita against Damage Control. But there's also been the rumors of uh, Ronda and Shayna for the women's tag team titles against Damage Control. Where do you see the women's picture kind of sitting around Bianca right now? Because we know Charlotte Iria is set. Bianca is just kind of there with a lot of potential challengers, and it looks like it's going to be Asuka coming out of the chamber, but that's going to leave out. Becky and Bailey and Rhonda, like where do you see all that kind of sitting going into WrestleMania and Elimination Chamber? Yeah, so I um I think that as far as the the WrestleMania opponent, I, so I think that as far, like I think the Oscar is going to win the Elimination Chamber match. This is I think that's the best match by far you could put together for WrestleMania uh, of these options. I think would be Oscar versus Bianca, but as far as Becky and Bailey, I was assuming they'll probably wrestle each other one on one at Mania because it's 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 a big enough match. Like the two of them, like name value, and the match will be really good um, in the history between the two. But with Lita coming back on Monday, I, I mean, I love the idea of Lita and um, if they did Lita and Becky as a tag team against uh, Bailey and someone else, or if they did damage control versus trish lita and becky i'd be i'd be great with either of those options i know you mentioned that there's rumors that Shayna and ronda are going to go for the women's tag titles against damage control which they they could definitely do um and i've heard i've seen those rumors as well i it may I, and they really should have the two of them uh like ronda and, and Shayna probably should be like that's probably the best spot for both of them to be in right now. Like the two of them teaming together and like just being like a badass tag team together. But I, I'm guessing Damage Control probably loses the women's tag titles before WrestleMania at some point, and they do that six woman match you just said. I think there's a chance that Becky and Bailey get into Bianca and Oscar, and it becomes a four way at WrestleMania. 
I could see that too. I, I think sense. there's, I think there's a chance that something like that happens. Um, otherwise, I don't. I wouldn't have Damage Control drop the titles before WrestleMania, and then it, then they go into the the six woman tag match at WrestleMania. I, I'd put Damage Control over kind of strong right now because I, I think they've been yeah. honestly weak since they got together. They, I, they've well, lost love, way too yeah. many matches. Yeah, so good though. Like I, you know. Like there's a lot of talent there, but the but the problem is the women tag titles. Like I'm just gonna be blunt, they're just like I just see like no value in them. Like I don't think yeah, anyone cares about the title belt. So like whether they're the champions or not, but I get like not wanting to see them lose heading into WrestleMania and like them looking weak heading into like a big WrestleMania match. I understand that, but like those belts are like who who cares, you know? Well, that's their own fault because they tried to make them mean something when they, they reinstated them when Triple H took over and they did the tournament and like what was it? Raquel and Aaliyah won and they held the titles for like mm. two weeks and then yeah. they lost them to damage control. It's like they should have just put damage control over immediately. But then damage control took all those L's against Bianca. Like Bianca just was beating them every single week they'd try to do three on one and bianca would fight them off they made bianca look good but it made them look kind of weak and they haven't really done a whole lot to really re-establish things they just they lose most of the big matches and even though they got the numbers advantage like they still come out looking weak um so i think they gotta look strong going into a potential six-woman tag and i think they should win the six woman tag if, if that's the idea they roll with and if they go with a, a four-way match with bianca oscar becky and bailey i wouldn't even mind bailey winning that and then damage control comes out with all titles coming out of wrestlemania and i think then you can really reestablish this uh this trio as a dominant faction i've been really disappointed by the damage control stuff because it seemed like they were going to, I really thought that Triple H was going to treat them like this is our women's version of Undisputed Era. It, you know, the way he booked them in NXT, that was, that group was way over and they sh- probably should have been called up to the main roster. Granted, they wouldn't have done anything under Vince's thumb, but they probably should have been called up to the main roster and booked really strong there uh, way sooner than, I mean, they never made it to the main roster. But I, I really thought that that's what, the idea was behind damage control and it is not played out like that at all they've looked really weak since they all came together it's been just yeah like like i said though they should really consider pushing eo like as a singles like I, i'd like to see her get away from that group honestly at some point soon i think she did she they could do oscar versus eo on pay-per-view and they would have probably the best match on the whole show like I, so there's once again, there's a lot of talent in the group, but I get what you're saying about the group, like the, the booking of it not being great. But yeah, I mean, that was the, the booking overall and just like the women's tag division just isn't good. And that's it's all across the board. I, I very rarely pay attention to NXT, like the main NXT show on Tuesdays, cover level up for the weekender. But um, didn't they do the same thing pretty much with the women's tag titles there? Like they did a tournament, someone, a team won, then like immediately lost the titles to a different team. So it's like, it happened like right away. It was like, Cora and Roxanne, I think. And Cora just like threw the title because she turned on Roxanne and then she just like threw the title in the garbage. Um, but I do think Caden and Caden and Caden Carter and Katana Chance uh, won the titles and they kept them for a while until they just lost them at the latest NXT show. Yeah. I, I saw they just lost them. Yeah. So 
the the women's they they have teams if they want teams. Uh, Eddie says that it doesn't really exist. They they haven't had team tag teams right now. Like they got enough women to get teams together and stuff. They just don't put any real focus on it. And you know they're trying with Ronda and Shayna. Um, and that's something Rhonda has, she's, she's openly said she's pushed for this before she wanted to go after the women's tag team titles. So I would imagine mm-hmm. they'll end up winning them probably at WrestleMania, maybe sooner, but that, that's something she has wanted. And now she's getting that. And I imagine they're just going to run through a bunch of teams. They're, they're in action on SmackDown. Assume they'll win on SmackDown. We'll see where it goes. I, I do think Asuka does win this elimination chamber match. And I don't know. I don't know if there's another option. Like Raquel's the only person I can kind of see outside of that because they do like Raquel and there is a, like a link to Bianca there. But if it's not Oscar or Raquel, I, I have no idea what they're doing with Lee yeah, Hunter. I'm with you. Well, if y'all want to make your predictions for WrestleRumble, for, uh, sorry, for the Elimination Chamber, go to WrestleRumble.com, enter the Elimination Chamber, pick them contest. We're giving away three free entries at the end of today's show. If y'all just put the words Russell Rumble in the chat, you are entered uh, to potentially win a free entry. We're going to pick three names at the end of the show off of uh, people in the comments who say the words Russell Rumble. So just throw that in the chat if you want a shot at winning $1,000. Um, but yeah, my official prediction for the Women's Elimination Chamber match is Asuka. Sounds like yours is the same. Yes. Uh, before we officially get into our AEW spot, I'm watching AEW last night, Steven Jensen. Yeah. And actually, I, I started it late because I, I had a thing to go to. And like the first thing I see is MJF come right. out. And he stops at the top of the ramp and he looks over this dorky looking person in the audience. Some nerd looking kid, yeah. Yeah. And he just, he tosses his gum at this man. Nailed and I him. am like, yeah, got him good. Honestly, it looks like he's begging for it. I don't, I don't know what, what's going on here. But I was like, I know that. I know that idiot. I know that dork. That that's Caden. That that is Caden from Fightful Overbooked. He's been on FMC. I don't know how he got in this role here, like on Fightful. I don't know how he got this seat. Although he did message me and say, like, it was thirty dollars. This is how I got the seat. And then I don't know why he was begging for MJF to throw his gum at him. But we're gonna get some answers. Steven Jensen, because we have the dorky kid who Mm -hmm. MJF threw his gum at. Caden is here. Caden, how are you feeling one day after getting gum thrown in your face? No, it's like being a celebrity. I am feeling fantastic. I feel amazing after last night. Why why were you begging for this man to throw gum in your face? I was so here so here's what happened, Jeremy. So MJF comes out and I'm booing. I was like, I don't want to flip him off because I was gonna be on camera. I didn't want to get yelled at or anything. Cause that happened last time I was at the AEW show. I got yelled at for flipping him off. So I was like, all right, I'm not gonna do that and get kicked out today because I knew I was on camera. And then I was just booing, and then he walks over and I'm like, oh, he's gonna throw his gum on me. And I was just like, I was like, uh, that's what I kind of like predicted he was going to do. And so, I, and you can see me in that clip when I'm like, what are you going to do? Are you going to throw your gum on me? This is predictable, man. And then he threw the gum on me. Yeah. Why Good accuracy he, too. I mean, he, it was he got you right in the yeah. nose. Right yeah, in the he nose. He got you. Yes. Why did, did he keep you, the why? gum? Hold on. Did he keep the gum? 
There's the of gum. Of course you did. Of course you did. There it is. Oh, Dude, you got you got to keep that. That's a that's, that's real memorabilia. Will chew you chew it? it? Yeah. Chew I'm it not down. gonna chew it. I if I could have <laughs> if I would have caught it, then I would have chewed it on TV. Mm. I would have done that. Okay. Hit the ground though, didn't it? So you just picked it, it up. It did. It yeah. fell and like it hit the chair behind me. Yeah. Yeah. I, it took me like five minutes to find it. Taking <laughs> five minutes to find it. Why it? it? How have nobody Worth helped it. you? Like, a, like it was a foul ball or something. Like they should. There was nobody there, Jeremy. Nobody went to the show last night. There's My a person right row. beside you. Look, okay, look at so, the people beside you. So look, so Jeremy, you see that there's th- four people in my row. None of those yeah. people were sitting in that row. They had tickets somewhere else, and they moved. Can do we have do we have a name for you? Like you're no longer Caden. Uh, Melissa says gum guy. Can Young we call guy. you gum catcher? Or is that too derogatory? That's, <laughs> that's, yeah. That's grizzly. But I'm Jeremy, just I'm just asking. Look, Jeremy. Look. When you asked how I feel, I, I said amazing, and there's a reason I feel amazing. And uh, look, when you and you asked me why didn't I fight back last night? Here's the yeah. Thing. Why were you a coward? You should yeah, have defended yourself. Look, I'm not a look. I'm not mad at MJF. MJF should be more mad at me. I used him. I knew he was going to do something like this. So what did I do? I'm an attention whore. I like having the spotlight. It's perfect. The show's called The Spotlight. I'm on The Spotlight. I like having the spotlight on me. So I got there. I knew I was going to be in a position to get myself on TV, to get a pop, and to get people talking. And guess what? MJF fell right into my bait. He he latched on to my bait. I reeled him right in. And I got the gum thrown at me, and it was perfect. Exactly what I wanted. Now everyone's talking about me. Amazing. I'm glad you are an intention whore. There's the gum. (laughs) (laughs) I was was trying to do that for clip purposes. Cut your fingernails. My God. I have long nails now. Yeah, cut those things. Jeez. (laughs) You could have have really taken out MJF. You just claw him in the eyes. You could have ruined that main event. Yeah. (laughs) Jesus, the gum club. Uh-huh. Oh, can we get gum club? Gum shirts? club. Yeah. Gum club. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. If you had an extra hour in your day, what is the first thing that you would do? Read a book, take a nap, play some video games, do something for a friend, volunteer. A lot of us spend our lives wishing that we had more time, but The question is, time for what? And if it was unlimited, how would you go about using it? The best way to squeeze that special thing into your schedule is to know what's important for you and to make it a priority. And therapy can help you find what matters to you so you can do more of it. Therapy is so valuable. It's gotten me through some tough times, really helped me reflect on things that are important, specifically with BetterHelp. If you're thinking about starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be the convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. This is so beneficial when you've got that crammed schedule and you can't even imagine finding that extra hour. You can do it all from home. Fill out a brief questionnaire, get matched with a licensed therapist, and switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Fightful today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P, dot com slash Fightful. 
It's so flexible and it can help you find that social sweet spot with BetterHelp. That's BetterHelp.com slash Fightful. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. There we go. Gum Lee what and was Flesh. You? You're over, uh, brother. Yeah. That's a lot. I, mean, I saw Yeah, I saw a lot of people tweet about that when it happened. Yeah. I definitely... Look at, look at Chi-Town Spurs. Over. <laughs> yeah, yeah, look at that. I did. I did see a lot of people tweeting about it. Of like, oh, that guy just got the gum through in his face. He looked so excited. Like MJF, great <laughs> accuracy. And I was very excited to promote this on our show. Like, yeah, we're gonna have this dork on our show uh, tomorrow. Everybody can listen to his story of how he caught MJF's gum. Do you have anything else to yeah. say? Or any, yeah, any, any other anything you want to say directly to MJF when he sees this? MJF, uh, thank you for giving me the attention. That's what I wanted. I got what I wanted. All right, your 15 minutes is up. I mean, it was Thanks, less than 15 minutes, but enjoy. Do you want to plug anything? I'll be nice yeah, and let you plug something. Uh, find me this weekend. Psych! I lied! Oh. You ain't plugging nothing, Katie. <laughs> There's some attention for you. <laughs> Let's get into our AEW spotlights here, Jensen. Uh, over a million fans uh, and a great number in the demo tuned in. It was a great show, and I think it's been a run of great shows. Shout out to Caden for, for yeah, thank you, Caden. Uh, we, we, like, we like to we like to joke around, but we appreciate you taking the time, and uh, that did blow up on on AEW, so it's cool to have you on. I bully him. I actually like him. I yeah, when I yeah. saw him, I'm like, that's Caden. Like, that's Caden. Yeah, right no, same here. I recognize him also. I was watching. I was watching. I, <laughs> shout out to my my buddy Mike Hughes. I, I talk about him pretty often, but he comes over most Wednesdays for AEW. And uh, I said that to him last night too. I was like, "Oh, I know that guy." I was like, "Oh my god, I know that guy." That's oh, that's funny. So yeah, it's funny. Uh, my AEW spotlight, Stephen Jensen, is Adam Cole, baby. He's returning at AEW Revolution. His first match back. A lot of talk, a lot of speculation of who his opponent should be. Adam Cole says it'll be good for AEW. It'll be good for Adam Cole. Who are you thinking? Who are you thinking Adam Cole's first opponent back? Dude, I, re- I really, I was trying to think about this before the show. And I really don't know where I fall on it. Cause this is like, it's a baby face Adam Cole. So it's like a co- totally different list of options of who it's going to be. It's got to be someone, bi- a big enough name to where it makes sense that he'd be in the ring with Adam Cole for Adam Cole's return on pay-per-view. I was thinking, Shytown Sports has put in the chat. I was thinking if I mean, if Jay White's free after, and we're going to talk about Jay White a little bit more during the show today, but if he's free, they have the built-in story already between those two and the match would be, you know, fire. So I actually, Jay White was the one I was actually thinking. If they're going to go outside of, quote unquote, go outside of AEW, but for all we know, Jay White might be heading to AEW considering his New Japan run could be over. So like, I'm, I'm, my prediction is actually Jay White. He's the one that comes to mind uh, the most to me. What about you? Jay White's the name I've seen come up the the most often like you said and it makes sense because the last match adam cole wrestled in was with jay white and mm-hmm. hangman page and, and okada 
at Forbidden Door. So like it makes a lot of sense with Jay White. Melissa says uh, Miro. Yeah, I those are good options, especially. But I don't know if you want to beat Miro in his first match back. He'll beat him, Jay White. Like somebody's got to lose this match, right? And uh, you know, people are saying it's, it's a it's a lose lose situation with Jay White. Kai said and. Uh, Chai Sounds first says, I think you can have Adam Cole lose since his first match back. This is going to be my point, Chai uh, Town Spurs. I think the opponent should be Takeshka. And I think Takeshka should beat Adam Cole in the first match back. Ooh, does Adam Cole like turn heel slowly again? I, I think it might be a slow heel turn, but here here's my here's my booking on this. Um, Takesh has wrestled a lot of top guys since he, he's been in AEW. Moxley, Danielson, MJF. Like, he's lost uh, Hangman. He's lost, like, all of his top matches. He got the win over Brian Cage. And I said he should have squashed Brian Cage in that match. It was a good match. It was a cool, like, people enjoyed it. Banger match, five-star classic, all that stuff. Um, and people people enjoyed the match. But, like, Takeshi, he, he was going to face MJF the following week. They knew that. I would have had him squash Brian Cage. And the argument against that was, well, Brian Cage is one-third of the six-man ROH tag team champ. They're beating Brian Cage every single week. He loses on Dynamite every week. But it's funny yeah. because they talk about how he has this amazing record, and it must all be on, on yeah, dark and elevation. Dark because, stuff. yeah, like, I, I, I was, I've been saying that, too. Every time we see Brian Cage on Dynamite, he loses. But anyway, yeah. Takeshi should have squashed Brian Cage and like really put him over as like, oh man, this guy, like he is on a different level. Like, and this is, it also lends more credence to the wins by like Danielson and MJF and stuff. Cause he just ran through Brian Cage. So I think he should have squashed Brian Cage. It was a good win. Um, I think Takeshka should be the guy to defeat Adam Cole. And the, the story is very simple here of Takeshka has been facing all these top guys. He's been getting sharper. Iron sharp sharpens iron. He's been getting sharper in these matches, even though he's been losing. Like, he is still hung with the top guys in AEW. Adam Cole went wrestled in nearly a year, coming off a bad injury. And, and I'm glad he's okay. I'm glad he's back. Like, what he went through is awful, the way he's described it. But I'm glad he's back. But he's coming off this bad injury, and he hasn't wrestled in a while. You're stepping in the ring against the guy who is sharp at the top of his game. Adam Cole can afford a loss here to a guy like Takeshka. So I I would I would put Takeshka over Cole. I think it'd be a great match. It's not that he doesn't have to squash Adam Cole. It'd be a great match. But I think Takeshka should win this match. It boosts Takeshka. Cole doesn't lose anything. Crowd's gonna boom and bay bay with him all day. He doesn't lose anything. And you could possibly slowly transition into like a heel turn. You could again tell a story of like haven't wrestled in a while not quite as sharp as I was like little step behind a, a great competitor like Takeshka. I'll get it back. And then Cole slowly rebuilds himself from there. That's the that's the way I would lean towards it. I I know people are going Jay White. If you just want to have like, hey, good match, Adam Cole's back, everybody be excited. Throw Sammy Guevara, Adam Guevara loses all the time. Like Guevara can take that loss. It'll be a fine match. No one's gonna add. It. It'll be a good moment with Adam Cole winning. That's my hey. Just throw somebody out there to have Cole pick up a victory without like sacrificing somebody like a Miro who I don't know if you want to lose or a Jay White who I don't know if you want to have take that loss either. So that's my other uh, suggestion is Sammy Guevara. Yeah, I I, I like those options. Um. I'll stick with Jay White for mine, but that's also kind of a tough one to make because he's not technically even in the company. So, you know, um, I like the idea of Takesha 
against Adam Cole. I don't know if I want to see Adam Cole lose right away coming back, but I also get what I totally hear what you're saying about like the ring rust and the story you can tell and all that. Um, but they're also kind of alluding to Adam Cole being, you know, he wants to be the world champion. So I feel like he's going to start, he's going to be on like a, a run here going towards the title. Man, that's that, that world title run feels a little ways away for Adam Cole. I don't, I don't think he's winning it by the end of the year. And if he's not going to win it by the end of the year, like taking a loss the first week of March ain't going to matter by the time 2024 rolls around when he could potentially win the title. Well, but I mean, even if he challenges for the title, like I don't know if he necessarily wins, but I could see MJF, you know, beating, like retaining over Adam Cole potentially during his run. Um, Cause we're still really early into MJF's run with this belt. Like he's definitely retaining over Danielson. Sorry, Where Jeremy. Was, but, I mean, he, that, well, yeah. that's, the, that's a bad booking call by, by Tony Khan. <laughs> but what can you do? Where was Adam Cole on MJF's little list? Because so far, he's kind of gone in order with, with the list. So people have basically speculated that, hey, this is this is the way that MJF's title run is going to go. Um, so where, where's Adam Cole on this list? He's way he's at the he's at the bottom of this list, by the way. It, it's Ricky Starks, who we beat. Danielson, who he's about to face, and then Wardlow, Kingston, Hangman, Jungle Boy, Darby, Cole, and Claudio. So, if this list is true, if MJF just spoiled his entire his entire title run, then Adam Cole's way down. You can easily build him back by the time this match potentially comes around. And I said, and this is not good, by the way. This is not good at all. The last time Adam Cole got his title shot, he didn't lose to Orange Cassidy, but everyone saw him lose to Orange Cassidy. And I thought that made his title run or his title shot colder. It wasn't as, as exciting as it could have been with Hangman Page. Wouldn't do that again. I think Adam Cole can take a loss the first week of March if he ain't going after this title until the end of the year. Plenty of time to rebuild them by that point. Well, and also something else that would accomplish if they did that is there obviously there's stuff room between Takeshita and MJF. So that would be like a big win for Takeshita and eventual title shot against MJF. They so. should fucking put the title on Takeshka, honestly. That's what they should do. Hey, listen, I like Takeshka as much as the next guy. Don't get me wrong, but I am all about MJF being the world champion right now for AEW. Your AEW spotlight, Steven Jensen. Christian Cage is back, and he attacked Jungle Boy, and maybe we will finally get a conclusion to this feud. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's good to see Christian back. Um, is Luchasaurus injured or is he just off TV because of the story? I don't, I think he's just been off television. I don't think he, there was any type of injury to him. I could be wrong. I'll, I'll, I'll double check it. I don't recall anything. Injured. Yeah. Because I, I kind of was like, I, I was kind of forgotten because had Christian and jungle boy had an actual one-on-one match. The only thing I can remember was, I think he pinned him after like an attack or something maybe but like they never had like a real blow off to their to their feud because then it kind of had to turn in more into luchasaurus versus jungle boy while christian was hurt and stuff but i'm glad we're finally gonna get it i mean it, it's funny because for the longest time we were waiting for christian to turn on jungle boy and then it finally happened and it was like okay here we go this has been christian's like main reason for being in AEW was this story and it's been a long-term story and we're finally gonna get a payoff and then with the injury, it's prolonged it to the point where now people, I feel like, 
you know, I feel like Jungle Boy has kind of gotten past this, and you still need to address it. You still need to revisit this, and you need to do Christian versus Jungle Boy. But Jungle Boy needs to just go out there, beat him straight up, and just move on to whatever TNT title belt or whatever he's going to be heading towards next. So, um, but it's good. Once again, it's always good to see someone back from injury. I'm, I'm a longtime Christian fan. Still think he's underrated in the grand scheme of things. Has really solid Better matches. Um, at this point in their careers, probably. Yeah. At the entire point of their careers. See, I disagree with that. Like, I think like early 2000s, Ed, especially like rated R superstar edge. That was, that was, I don't think Christian's ever hit that level, but, but that's just me personally. Christian Cage and TNA had an awesome run also. Like, don't get me wrong. Um, but that all said, Christian, uh, Christian and Jungle Boy will have a really good match. They'll tell a really good story. Jungle Boy, I think, pretty clearly should win. And I'm not sure what you do with Christian after that, but you kind of don't want him to wind up like a Matt Hardy on the show where he just is just wandering around lost constantly. And I, and I, and I, I get that that has to do a lot with Jeff not being there. I'm sure there was a massive plans for the Hardy boys and AEW together. And with Jeff not there, Matt's just been in limbo, but um, I don't want to see something like that happen to Christian um, too. So just putting that out there. Uh, so it appears Luchasaurus might have an arm injury. It, he had the arm injury apparently uh, before um, he re- he wrestled at uh, full gear. That was the cage match against yeah against Jungle Sounds Boy, right. right? Was that full gear? It was a really good um, match. Yeah, it was. He, he apparently had the injury going into the match. Still wrestled the match and went through it, but maybe that's why he's been off television. That that's from uh, Alvarez. If you uh, you know. Alvarez is a guy you you're trusting there. Uh so apparently okay, hold on. I I don't want to put anything up. I'm a longtime Brian Alvarez fan. I I, I listen to it like I, I I trust Brian Alvarez. So I'm just Okay. I don't mind Brian. I think I think Brian's a, a nice guy. I think like uh, I think his reporting can be hit and miss. That's all. Sure. That's so, fair. Just say. Um but yeah, that, that's what Alvarez said uh before uh, full gear and then he wrestled at full gear and now he's been off television since then so it does seem like it was an arm injury uh there and uh, all right now christian edge name me a good edge match that wasn't a gimmick match a good edge match that wasn't a gimmick match yeah would you consider like edge and kurt angle gimmick matches because it was like hair versus hair and stuff like that that's no no a that, that's a, that's a straight up singles match yeah, yeah i'm talking it, like it wasn't a it, ladder match or anything like that yeah edge edge and uh Edge and Benoit had good matches together. Edge and Robbie okay. Dan had good matches. I mean, even look at like the early 2000s when like Edge and Christian split. Like Edge had that that like kind of King of the Ring type run. I never thought he was as good as like Jericho. I thought I saw that they were very similar in a lot of ways. But when there was no and and this is also a product of his environment too, because when when they pushed Edge to the main event level they're a lot of their stars were like gone or leaving and they really needed to make new people and new new rivals for john cena at the time as well um but uh but no i thought edge had oh no well and well non-gimmick match but obviously all the tlc matches being gimmick matches those are sick but one-on-one uh also a gimmick match but you can't take it away the 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 hardcore match that he had with mick foley at wrestlemania was was incredible oh, that was great so, yeah yeah i'm not saying edge is bad or anything he's a little bitch i'm not saying he's bad i mean he's ducking um, you but yeah. yeah he is he's 100 ducking me i just always found christian better i found him to be a better That's promo fair. i found him to be a, a better wrestler just found christian better 
I a lot of people that. feel that way. A lot of people feel that way. There's also a lot of people that feel like Matt Hardy was always the better of the Hardys and stuff. I mean, but Jeff got more attention. I, I get it. I respect that Edge is is trying to fuck on that. I mean, I guess he did yeah. fuck on national television. But like, there's that that clip of him like smacking Beth's ass, and Beth gives him that look of like, now's not the time. Like, I respect that. That's 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 love right there. I respect that from Edge. Well, and Lita was backstage too. What are we doing here, Jensen? Okay. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. We just talked. You just brought it up. He fucked on TV. I was like, yeah, I know. And the person he fucked was backstage at Raw the night that he slapped his wife and everyone's talking about him. I'm just saying. Just putting the pieces together here, Jeremy. Spotlight. Move on before getting get more trouble here. Our product is what it is. We're going straight up the middle. Uh, in sad news, Jerry Jarrett passed oh, yeah. away at the yeah. the age of 80 longtime promoter of memphis obviously the, the father of jeff jarrett helped found um impact wrestling tna with jeff and then had to, to sell the company to, to panda energy to kind of keep it afloat uh, hasn't really been involved too much in the wrestling business really since he sold uh the memphis stuff in the the mid 90s then he came back for to help found uh tna but again sold off the sold off the shares pretty quickly when the company w- wasn't doing well. Um, but your thoughts and, and memories of uh, Jerry Jarrett, Steve Jensen. So, you know, I'm, you know, we're kind of of the generation where we, at least for, I can just speak for myself. I've heard a lot about uh, Jerry Jarrett. Um, I, I've actually read a book uh, years back about Christine Jarrett, Teeny, um, who, is the grandfather or sorry the grandmother i believe of jeff technically i, I think is how it works out that the whole family is promoters and they've, they've been they have been forever out of like the nashville area and stuff and um there's they have like a long history out of the nashville fairgrounds and i just i remember i, I read this book a long time ago and it it, it was mainly about teeny jarrett and um there was a lot about jerry in there um there was stuff about like like Coco Ware before he got to the WWE and so just like them just talking about like young like wrestlers young in their career it was a really interesting book I just read it a long time ago I wish I remembered all the details better but um I think it was called like wrestling's grand dame or something like that um teeny Jared or Christine Jared but um I, I I will say you know it's it's just one of those things where like you know huge huge props to Jeff for wrestling last night that's yeah he's 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 the most carny of us all right so like you know you know that he like he okayed what caster was saying you know what i mean like i you know it's just i just want people to know that too like jeff jarrett is a worker um above all workers like he's always thinking pro wrestling and and how to use it on the show and all that stuff and um jeff i think you know, because because Jerry and Jeff, essentially, the two of them founded TNA together, right? Like, that was really yeah. the, the two people that put it together. And TNA, I think, was a really, really important thing. It still is, in a, you know, as Impact Wrestling. I think it still does have an important place in the wrestling landscape. But especially at the time that they founded TNA, it was just a really, 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 imp- it was really important to have um, an alternative like that because a lot of wrestling fans we're down on John Cena and, and all their favorite wrestlers from the attitude era not being there anymore. And WCW being out of business and all that stuff. And TNA gave us, uh, you know, 
Bex division and AJ Styles and and so much great stuff really early on. And we have to give a lot of credit to Jerry and Jeff collectively for doing that together. And Jerry having the, the just the long, long history as a promoter and just the family lineage. And so it is something. And I remember a story like from forever ago about how like when Vince was in hot water back in like like the 80s, early 90s, I want to say the maybe it was the mid 90s. I can't remember. It might have been during this this the steroid stuff. But um, I remember there was like the rumors that if he was going to go down, that Jerry that Jerry Jarrett was going to potentially be the one who ran WWE while Vince was gone and stuff like that. So um, he's a guy who's obviously been very very important in the landscape of pro wrestling, and um, it's a big loss to wrestling. And you know, rest in peace. Um, you know, I, I spent a lot of time living in Nashville, and you can't go to a wrestling show without hearing about the Jarretts. And it's, um, you know, their 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 DNA is 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 um, all over the the world of, of professional wrestling, and it always will be. So, um, you know, and in his his memory's going to live on through Jeff and you know, the stuff that Jeff continues to do through wrestling and his family. So, rest in peace to to Jerry Jerry. That's 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 a big loss for wrestling world. Yeah, and I know he wasn't involved really at all in, in the wrestling sense, kind of selling uh, TNA and everything. Jeff Jeff always spoke about him still, how he would still watch some of Jeff's stuff. Uh, like uh, Jeff's talked about like on his podcast, especially the stuff he was doing with Flair, building to Flair's last match and, and everything. I, I think Jerry was actually on Jeff's podcast uh, for the build for that match. So he was still like kind of involved when it came to like Jeff. I don't know how involved he was. Otherwise on that, I'm not going to sit here and act like I know the entire history of Jerry Jarrett or mid South or anything like that. But when you look at uh, some of the mid South stuff and, and continental wrestling association and like, look at the names that just like kind of came through on that, like Jerry Lawler. I mean, Jerry Lawler has said how much he's owed to like Jerry Jarrett and everything during that time. And that's who we ended up selling kind of the mid South stuff too was uh Lawler. Uh, but you know, he came through there, flair root, like even Hogan was there. Savage. Like was so many Savage names. was a big one that people need to know yeah. about there. He had a, he had a really important run in Memphis before he got signed to the WWF. Yeah. Um, I think yeah. like the, you know, the Lawler and Kaufman stuff that had Jerry's fingerprints all over it. Like, I, there was so much important history in like the mid South television and reading all the the stories that people who are much smarter and much more knowledgeable in, in this area than me since Jerry's passing. Um, the, it seems like if you just go watch an episode of mid South wrestling, like it's really good stuff and you can catch up immediately on it. Seems like all this stuff is on Peacock. I think WWE has the, the footage to all this stuff. So you can go to Peacock and watch it, but yeah, even if you don't know it, even if you haven't seen it, like if you just read a little bit about it, you can see just how important Mid-South and Jerry Jarrett were to like just wrestling territory in general and like how it kind of shaped some of the, the WWE stuff and WCW stuff as well. So it is a big loss for wrestling. Uh, his legacy is going to live on through through those tapes, through obviously Jeff. And, and like you said, big, big props to, to Jeff for still wrestling last night in you know, letting stuff be approved because he didn't have to do that. And, and I think Tony even said it. Tony did say it on his uh, busted open appearance that he was like, you know, this is what Jeff wanted to do. So we were going to respect that. And if he wanted to say, and if he said like, no, don't want to wrestle, we would have respected that as well and, and figured out different plans. I think uh, Conrad said that like Jeff's mom, like told him like, this is what you're 
your father would tell you to go wrestle. So go wrestle, um, which makes all the sense in the world when it comes to the Jarrett's. But it's a it's a loss for wrestling. And yeah, rest in peace, uh, Jerry Jarrett. The other spotlight we have, and I transition onto that. Uh, the other spotlight we have for the uh, for this uh, topic here, Jensen, is Jay White. He did end up losing to Hikaleo in the Loser Leaves Japan match at New Japan, uh, The New Beginning. And now he's out of Japan. He is wrestling on Saturday against Eddie Kingston and uh, for a New Japan battle in the Valley. So he's still tied to New Japan in that sense. A lot of rumors around Jay. Does he help rebuild the strong brand, which is that that's in a weird spot right now because they stopped doing like the, the sort of taping stuff and they're just running like pay-per-view centric events. So it doesn't, I don't know if he's going to get like consistent weekly work with that. Does he go to impact? Does he kind of just do independent stuff? Obviously AEW is out there. He's, he's wrestled there before. Does he go to WWE? There's always been rumors about that. Where are you thinking with Jay White? What do you think Jay White's next move is? So we talked about a little bit earlier. Um, he really seems like a really good opponent for Adam Cole at the pay-per-view. But then, you, I mean, if you're going to put him in that spot, you would want him going forward. But you also wouldn't necessarily want him losing to Adam Cole coming, you know, kind of, kind of coming into the company that way. Um, I still think Cole can lose. I think Cole well, no, I know. I know. I know. Yeah. Yeah. That's, which is also, which is also a possibility. You could, you could do that. Um, I, it's hard for me to believe, I could be wrong, but it's hard for me to believe that the grand, the grand plan here was Jay White losing to Hikaleo, which by the way, the way they did it, I thought was, was well done with him being like in the, about to get choke slam. They do the two sweet and then Hikaleo just, he, he launched it with that choke slam. That was a really, that was a really great looking choke slam. Um, but there's it's just hard for me to believe that like the grand scheme of things plan here is like Jay White gets shunned from Japan and now he's gonna be the face of New Japan strong in America. I just can't if he's coming to America, it's it's to be an AEW or WWE. I I I just can't I can't be convinced all you know otherwise. So to me, that's where the real decision has to be made. If you want to continue to do stuff with with New Japan potentially, AEW is probably the best place for you to be because they'll they might be able to work something for you to where like you can still do certain stuff with New Japan, but you're mainly going to be on AEW television. WWE technically can do that too. They've like been more open lately to companies, but um, I will say this, and I obviously you know, I'm a I'm a very big fan of AEW, um, but I I think. Honestly, I think Jay White would be the most successful, the fastest in WWE if he were to sign there because he'd be brand new to that audience. And I think he'd get a good push because he's a really good looking guy. He's young. He's great in the ring. And he has history with a lot of the people that are at the top of the WWE currently. So like you, or at least built in history stuff, certain, certain direct history of people and certain indirect history, like just by, just by associating with the association with the bullet club, he has built in feud with certain guys all over that show. Um, and if you treated him like a big star coming in immediately, like I'd probably have him skip NXT completely. And I would just have to oh, just yeah. go right. I, you know, and I know that kind of goes without saying you'd, you'd imagine, but you know, Shinsuke Nakamura was a, big star in japan had to do it and stuff you know prince devin you know you, just, you never really know i mean i, I, think, I feel like shouldn't have to go there but he's going to 
I, I don't um, know if Dragon Lee should have to go there. I think when it came to like Nakamura and Balor and, and uh, a few other guys, that was a case of Triple H wanted them. And so Triple H got them. Like Styles obviously went straight to the main roster right. because I think Vince actually saw something in, in AJ. And so he's like the main roster. I think these other like uh, Kenta, all the Kushida, like I think those were guys like Triple H wanted them. And so he got them. Now that Triple H is doing main roster booking, it's like, yeah, well, I want Jay White, so I'm just gonna have Jay White on the main roster. But that's a very good point to make. Like that's that that actually that would um like that 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 actually makes a lot of sense that if if that was kind of the trajectory going forward where um I hadn't looked at it like that, but I but I, I think that makes perfect sense that with Triple H being in charge of all of it now, whereas before you would just bring people right into NXT, you can just bring them right onto the main show. That makes perfect sense. Um, but once again, you can do that with Jer- Dragon Lee. But I get what you're saying. Uh, it, the, the, my my point though with Jay White is that I think that given like the current WWE landscape, if they pushed him correctly, he could be a main event guy really quickly. And he has uh, a whole roster of people, a lot of which he has never wrestled before and stuff. And the fan base would would probably love him. Um, AEW, I think he'd be very successful as well. It's just a different type of a climb because of how stacked that roster is and who the champions are right now in this in the stories that he would be involved in. Um, so, and, and like Impact's a good option too. I just don't know if that's the option that Jay is like striving for, but I'm sure Impact would be thrilled to have him if he was if he was interested. Uh, I just feel like once again, if you're going to make this move to the states and you're leaving Japan and this big loser leaves Japan match. I just feel like the next step's got to be AEW or WWE. Where, where do you think he winds up? Or where, where do you think he? Where do you think he has the best shot? I do agree with you that it's. It feels like it's an AEW or WWE move. Otherwise, just they stick with Japan. AEW makes sense in the fact that if New Japan in America is just going to run kind of like one-off pay-per-view events, Jay can just do those events as part of AEW and not have to worry about that. I mean, Eddie Kingston is wrestling right. against Jay White. Uh, on saturday so he can just do like one-off kind of things and still have ties with new japan while being active in aw we can also do roh stuff since since that's a thing as well um with, with aw i would like to see him in wwe i want to i think he'd be very successful in wwe i think he has the style the look the the ability to like be be a top guy in WWE. I think Jay White's kind of a top guy anywhere he goes, but in WWE, different environment, and like he he can stand out more there. In in AEW, he's another guy in a long list of like good talkers, good wrestlers who just like fit that AEW style. And in WWE, he feels like a bigger fish in a smaller pond, given his uh, his ability and everything so i would like to see him in wwe and just see see how he does my gut says he's in he ends up in AEW, um just because that that's that almost seems like the safe option uh as far as just prediction wise it, it feels like the safe option i'm not saying for jay white it's a safe option uh that that's my my gut is that he ends up in AEW because then he can still he can do some roh stuff if, if, he, if he wants uh he can still do new japan stuff WWE would be interesting, and I'd really like to see how that goes. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I think Hikaleo, by the way, will eventually wind up in WWE. 
I kind of think so, yeah. too. I, I know they're really interested in him uh, and Tom and Tonga. That's at least what uh, Sean definitely reported the, the Hikaleo stuff. They've been interested in Tom and Tonga in, in the past, and it, it did, didn't work out. Hikaleo used to be there uh, it, beforehand as well. Yeah, Hikaleo, I don't remember him there. I do remember uh, Camacho there. Fire, Maybe that's what, that's what I'm thinking of. Yeah. That's my fault. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's uh, Tonga Loa. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah. Like, I remember, yeah, back when he was in the WWE, he used to ride the little the bicycle, and uh, the the guy who played the second Sin Cara uh, would like ride on the pegs behind you know, on it. And so Un- Unico was, was yeah. what they called him. I remember that. Yeah. Sorry, I confused Tikaleo. My fault, not. Um, right, let's move on to our indie spotlight. I'm gonna give a big motherfucking shout out. A big motherfucking shout out to Jordan Oliver who won the JCW J-Cup this past weekend. He won the tournament with a field that included uh, Speedball Mike Bailey, Jonathan Gresham, Joey Janela, Leo Rush. Jensen, I'd have to check the tape, and my memory is not very good. I said Jordan Oliver over Speedball in the finals, didn't I? Wasn't that my official prediction? Yeah, you definitely chose Jordan Oliver to win the whole thing. I'm almost positive it was against Speedball. So, um, yeah, so everybody great, should listen to me. There. Yes, everyone yeah, listen I- to me yeah i took alec price who was out in the first round um <laughs> so alec i was looking for some bangers man what the hell happened hey, he um, can only give you one he can only give you one, one. it was a great match though with blake christian I, I will yeah. i will say that um and then i get it because blake was kind of like the heel of the tournament throughout as well too they, they need they, they needed that um but yeah no good call with jordan uh, and i'm really glad he won it he won the acid cup not that long ago too um he's kind of like racking up these big singles tournament wins and uh he's got the that great tag team going with himself and nick wayne the east west express so um a lot of good things happening for jordan oliver right now he's someone i've been kind of um not not concerned about that's definitely not the right word but like i've been thinking about in the back of my mind of you know him and nick are doing great as his tag team and i could see them potentially becoming the gcw tag team champions Um, the fans they, they had a shot against um uh, Ciclope and Mido Extremo recently, and the the crowd really wanted East West to win the titles, and so did I. I was hoping they were going to get the job done, but um, but you know we already know Nick Wayne is signed to AEW, and it's just a matter of time before that's where he's headed. Part of me is like, man, that would be great if Nick could like bring Jordan with him. You know, if that was like Jordan's in too, to to they both go there as a tag team. I think that would be mutually beneficial for both guys to start off as a tag team in AEW and like really get over together. Um, but if if Nick goes and Jordan stays, I think Jordan needs to be elevated to the GCW championship level. I've been saying that for a long time about him. Um, I thought he should have been the guy to beat John Moxley for the championship, honestly, based on uh the win the all yeah, all the wins he was racking up and him helping kind of rebuild the Nick Gage and, and stuff like that. Um, so I think Jordan Oliver, if if Nick Wayne goes to AEW and Jordan doesn't, I would say to put the world title on Jordan sooner than later and like really make him the face of your company while you've got him. Uh, but as far as the J-Cup goes, great performances all the way around. His first round match against Alex Shelley was one of the best matches of the entire tournament. Um, the second round match against Charles Mason was great storytelling and other just, and and, uh, these were all great in-ring matches, by the way, every single one of them, but like the storytelling in the Mason match after Mason beat Billy Starks in the first round, um, yeah, Jordan Oliver over Joey Janela after that, 
Um, and the main event or the 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 finals, uh, Jordan Oliver over Speedball, and just a fantastic main event match. Like, good. I mean, shout out to Jordan Oliver. Awesome performances, and he's a guy. I know you got to interview him recently. I'm we're, I've, I've been telling you. I hope we get him on uh, the show together soon. But he's a guy who I've heard consistently. You know, even people we've interviewed together will say this. We hear it often, uh, whether it's you know commentators I've talked to or that we've talked to, or or other wrestlers and stuff. Pretty consistently, when we ask, you know, just about wrestlers or, or people that are like really passionate about wrestling or people that really care about about how they come off, you know, in wrestling, Jordan Oliver is always a name that pops up like from all over the place. I'm always hearing like the guy just he just hangs out when he's not wrestling. He's either at the gym or he's watching wrestling, you know, and he, he he's behind. Oh, he, he, oh sorry. Go ahead. He, he said as much, uh, in our interview, uh, that's on Fife overbooked right now is like, I asked him like, what do you like to do in your downtime? And he's like, just watch wrestling, go to the gym. Like the, he lives and breathes wrestling. He has a big breakfast. Um, right. Yeah. Like that, that's, he, he talks about that, but yeah, he, he said like, he, that's basically what he does. Like it, it is wrestling 24 seven for, for Jordan Oliver. Yeah. And I hear he gets like, and this isn't to like throw the guy under the bus at all, but I hear he like gets like really nervous before his matches. Cause he like, he really, really cares about. Well, his that, that's not, that's not throwing him under, under the bus at all. Alec price said as much uh, in our, in our interview with him. Alec price put over how, how hard Jordan Oliver works. And Alec price said that, uh, you know, he, he also gets nervous. He said he had like many, like, panic attacks before some sure. of those matches that he said like jordan oliver kind of goes through the same thing so yeah that's not that nothing that's not out there when it comes yeah. to, to jordan for sure for sure so um so he's a guy that i'm really pulling for he seems like a really good dude who really really cares and really loves pro wrestling and he's just consumed by it and he's gotten better year by year by year the first time i saw that guy wrestle was in do you remember Urban? I think it was called Urban Championship Wrestling or Urban Pro Wrestling. Something it like sounds that. vaguely familiar, yeah. Um, it was it was like this fever dream of a of a company <laughs> that I barely remember from like I don't even remember what year this company ran, but I remember Jordan Oliver being a part of that. And he had to have been a teenager and he was so scrawny. And that was always the big talk for Jordan was he was he was he looked scrawny, but I was always like, it's a kid. Like, look at Nick Wayne. Like, this is going to happen. Like, look at Starboy Charlie. We're talking about literal teenagers. Like, they're going to fill into their bodies over time. And Jordan has now. And, you know, and Jordan's a guy, the guy with a, a tall frame also. I mean, he's he's only going to keep getting better and better and better and keep filling out more and more and more. And he's a guy who I legitimately think has potential to be one of the biggest stars in all of wrestling. So, um, huge shout-out to Jordan Oliver for winning the J-Cup. I'm, I'm very happy that he won it. Yeah, and – you know, great performances by him. And like I said last week, I thought they would try to sort of make somebody, it wouldn't be somebody who is a name that you that you necessarily know who's on television every single week. Um, and, and it was Jordan Oliver, and he killed it. And we are trying to get him on the show, hopefully, you know, Jordan, if you check the messages. Uh, yes, so Jordan, hopefully. please. He was great. He was, he was great to talk to. I did speak to him before the J-Cup. Again, that interview is on Fightful Overbooked, so everyone can check that out. And I don't know what his, his future is when it comes to like signing or anything like that. I do think he can be one of like the standout guys on GCW if he just continues to, to kind of go down that road. Um, you know, Nick Gage is the champion right now. 
I don't know how long that's going to last just with Gage not wrestling every single show and, and things like that. Jordan's certainly a guy that I could see kind of kind of taking that title from him at some point this year. I think for the collective, uh, Jordan, what did Jordan tell me about the collective? I think it was, he didn't wrestle, he didn't want to wrestle like as many matches as possible. He wanted to wrestle as many meaningful matches as possible. I know something he said in our interview he wants to do uh, him and Nick Wayne against machine guns. Uh, he's close with mm-hmm. Alex Shelley. He mentioned Alex Shelley taking him under his wing. So I know that that first round match against Alex meant, meant a lot to him. Uh, I, I know he wants to do yeah him and Nick against machine guns. I think that might be something fans can look out for uh, WrestleMania weekend. If uh, Saban and Shelley are, are down to do that. I think that is a possibility that we see that match WrestleMania weekend. Yeah, we, that should definitely go down. That'd be one of the best matches of the whole weekend right there. Uh, my indie spotlight, Stephen Jensen, is Buddy Matthews. There's a name that you maybe have heard of before in AW. He won the MCW championship uh, at an event called The House Always Wins. It is up on Fight TV if people uh, want to check that out. He defeated Mitch Waterman uh, to, to win the championship in the main event. What'd you think of this, Jensen and Buddy Matthews picking up this victory and now having an, an independent wrestling championship to his name? I mean, good for him. I mean, that's the thing for for Buddy is, I think it's safe to say he's felt very lost in the mix in AEW, right? I mean, yes. to say the least. Especially coming out of WWE, and and he was one of those WWE guys, similar to like an Ollie type guy that the fans were really behind because he was having really good matches, but he never really got a, a meaningful push or he would, and then it would stop and stuff like that. And so when he left WWE, there was a lot of really high hopes for him. And there's a lot of similarities uh, to kind of his build and in-ring style to Kenny Omega in a lot of ways, like their V triggers and stuff. So I know a lot of people were hoping that we'd see that, you know, in AEW. And um, so there was really high hopes for, for, for uh, Buddy coming out of WWE. And I feel like, a lot of it's fallen kind of flat. Not all of it's really his fault. It's just, you know, and I think the House of Black, they're, they they teased it last night on AEW with the little thing that flashed on the screen. Or um, so, so I think that there will be some better things soon for Buddy and the whole House of Black because them versus the Elite, I think, will be incredible. So I think there, there's some good stuff around the corner for him, but I, I am happy to see him pick up uh, an independent wrestling championship because for one, uh, you know, it's good to see him get recognized. And for two, that means he'll probably wrestle some more indies more consistently. And that's good because I follow indie wrestling and he's going to have great matches against a lot of guys he's probably never wrestled before that can really learn a lot and get better by wrestling him and give the fans a really good match. So it's like a win-win-win all the way around. So, uh, so yeah, I'm, I'm happy for him. Good good for him getting uh, getting that championship. And it gives him something more to do. You know, he didn't just AEW hoping that he's going to have something going on with House of Black week by week. Be out there in the in the wrestling world defending championships and having having bangers all over the country, man. Good stuff. I mean, in 2023, he's only wrestled four matches, according to Cage Match. Two of them were indie matches, and then two of them were AEW matches. It seems crazy to me that this man has only yeah. wrestled four times in 2023. Um, I... Mitch Waterman, this was good, good experience for him. Uh, apologies. Uh, he's a, he's a regular 
at, at MCW and, you know, he was the champion up until this past week. And, you know, just kind of looking at his profile, he doesn't have like a ton of matches to his name. He's been wrestling for a while, but Buddy Matthews is you know, certainly one of the more high profile names that that he's wrestled and like he looked fine this match it was a he's actually he's actually uh been the ring with the the briscoes at an roh show so he's done like some of the roh shows when they came over to to europe uh he's wrestled in the the new japan shows when they they just they've been doing the um tamahashi shows and he's been part of those so it seems like he's getting his name out there a little bit more and you know facing buddy matthews on a big fight fight show on mcw is a uh, good on him we will see more of him in in america in the future i don't know if he has any aspirations to do that looks like he's mainly wrestled like in australia and and uh sort of the uk area uh for the majority of his career but good experience for him i thought he looked he looked good in this match it's tough for anybody to sort of have a bad match against buddy matthews because he's really good uh matthews is looking jacked by the way this yeah. man has put on so much upper body mass and i'm not saying this is good or bad he just he looks completely jacked it has been like i expected a lot more out of his AEW run i figured he was just gonna wrestle every week just have great matches like i don't know why they don't just utilize buddy matthews the way they utilize brian cage and much rather see buddy matthews in these matches but what can you do uh yeah he's getting he's doing the lore stuff with house of black not for me not for me at all especially when all these guys are as good as they they are as wrestlers i would rather just see them like have good matches and still do like some of this stuff, but you know, it's, it's a little Bray Wyatt ish and it works with Bray because he's not as good in the ring. I know you don't like it, but it works for me with Bray because he's not as good in the ring. So I'm like, yeah, give me all this dumb Bray shit that he wants to do. But these guys are like, ah, give me like cool matches with these guys. Like, give me great buddy Matthews matches. Uh, hopefully we'll see more of him. But if you haven't checked that out, that's on Fight TV. Everyone can uh, check that out. They had, a, they had a few names on this show. Um, double check the card here. Um, Casey Navarro was on this show. Uh, Slex and, and Tommy Knight. Slex has done some ROH stuff as well. So Casey Navarro, I, I feel, is the, the big one. He defended the Warrior Wrestling Championship on that one. Then obviously Buddy in the main event. So that's on Fight TV if anybody wants to go check that out. And all the GCW, JCW, Jacob stuff is on Fight TV as well. So everyone can, can head over to Fight, Fight Plus. Fight if you want to check that out. Yes. Uh, watch that on Fight. Great value. Great value. All right, Steven Jensen, let everyone know where they can find you at. And guys, real quickly, leave a Wrestle Rumble in the chat. You get a free entry. You get entered to be entered for a free mm-hmm. entry. That's all you got to do. Leave a Wrestle Rumble. I'm going to do the drawing here in just a moment, actually. We'll do it right now. We got, we got time. Right yeah, now. we got a couple minutes. Okay. All right. Let's do this right now. Get last call. Leave a Wrestle Rumble in the chat. Get a free entry into Wrestle Rumbles. Uh, pick them for Elimination Chamber that goes down this Saturday. I know we have coverage all through Fightful, all through Fightful with um with Elimination Chamber, so people can you know keep it locked to Fightful and everything we're doing. All right. Yes. I'll plug my stuff real quick while you're putting that together. Do yes. you have like a little like name generator thing? Yep, randomizer? I got it. Okay, perfect. Yep. So uh, you can follow me on Twitter at fight talk underscore F I G H T T A L K underscore use code fight talk and independent wrestling.tv or IWTV.live. That's fight talk. All is one word, no spaces. Um, listen to the fightful select weekend or podcast. So go subscribe to fightful select. It is $5 a month as a part of that, that tier. And it's every Sunday talking the world of independent pro wrestling and a whole bunch of other stuff. Um, so once again, that's the Fightful Select Weekender podcast. 
And also make sure you're hitting the thumbs up button here, subscribing, all that good stuff. Thanks again to Wrestle Rumble for being a part of the show, as always. Really, really appreciate y'all. Make sure to check out the contest. Jeremy will probably plug it again before the show is completely over. Um, and uh, yeah, that's pretty much everything I've got to uh, to plug, I think. so. All right, so the three winners are our pal, J.K. Shaw, Jake Shaw, uh, message Steven Jensen, Corey Bradley, and it was Sports Entertainment Fan. So I don't okay. know how to follow that one on Twitter. Uh, the, other, the other I know, uh, I at least know Jake. Um, but you know, if you're, if you're listening to this message, Steven Jensen on Twitter, you have your DMS open, yes. right? Jensen? I'll have to open them again. I do this very quickly because I start getting spam emails, like almost immediately yeah. once I start, once I, I'll you, have to open you, my emails, my, 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 uh, hold on, let me see if I can do it while I'm here. If you can't get a hold of Jensen for any reason by DM message me, uh, my DMS are open. So you can DM me, but guys, again, that's JK Shaw, uh, Corey Bradley and sports entertainment fan. Shoot me or Jensen a message. We'll make sure to get you hooked up with the free entry for wrestle rumble. Again, shout out to wrestle rumble for uh, sponsoring the show this week. Everyone go check them out. WrestleRumble.com. All right, Jensen, yes. I will bid you adieu. Okay, and we awesome. got our interview. I just, I just opened my DMS y'all, I think. So go for it. If you won, Message me. We'll make sure you get your free entries. And yes, I hope you enjoy this interview with me, Jeremy, and Robert Bellamy, aka Mouse, aka the father of uh, of Billy Starks. If you stick around for this interview, I straight up ask. I yes. straight up ask for Billy Jensen Starks. asking signing. the tough questions. I straight up here. ask where she's signing. Okay, so all right. See y'all later. I'm gonna go talking for the shoot job. Have a good Thank weekend, y'all. Have yeah. a good weekend, buddy. Uh, yes, Jensen was asking the tough questions out here to to mouse he just asked where's billy signing uh and mouse gave an answer um the scoops are in there uh mouse was great i loved having him on the show you know i just spoke to billy last week so so getting to talk to mouse who is not only the father of billy starks he he runs independent wrestling shows he shoots independent wrestling he's one of the top for I mean, maybe the top photographer when it comes to independent wrestling. So he's very involved in the independent scene. Um, and he does, does merchandise and things like that as well. Very fun interview. Hope you guys enjoy it. I'm going to throw it there now. Everyone enjoy our interview with uh, Robert Starks Bellamy, a.k.a. Mouse. Welcome to the spotlight, the creator portion of the spotlight, the interview portion, myself and Jeremy Lambert, as always. And today, our guest is... A guy I've known for a long time now, and a guy who I really respect as not only uh, just a good guy in the scene of pro wrestling, but one of the best photographers out there, a guy who's making towns more than most wrestlers, a guy who doesn't like to be put over, and a guy that will probably bury people today. Um, he is also the father of one Billy Starks. He is Robert Bellamy, a.k.a. Mouse. Welcome to the show, Mouse. How you doing, man? I'm good. I'm good. How are you guys? Doing good. Doing, doing well, doing well. Thank you for joining us. I'm gonna, I'm gonna ask this first question. I'm gonna get this out of the way. <laughs> On, you know it's coming. We talked a little off air about it. January 25th, you tweeted, "I just checked my kid's cage match. She fucking sucks. She's three and nine. Can you win some matches, kid? Like I can't hashtag never lost. If you losing, I asked her about this." Last week, the interview's up now. I asked her, and she said she's trying. She guaranteed by the end of the year she would have a winning record. But she says she gets backstage, and you just have, like, your head down, just shaking your head at her. Like, what are we doing here? Your response to what Billy had to say of she is trying her best here, Mouse. Well, then she needs to start learning from, like, some Eddie Guerrero or something, start cheating. 
Like, can we toss a chair to somebody's hands and fall down and see if the ref sees it? Like, we just got to get some W's in that box. <laughs> like, Lord. Like, she, she let this Charles again. Mason. Yeah, she let yeah, Charles Mason, it. like, yank me up, and then she took a spinning tombstone that I have to keep watching to gif up. Yeah, that was gnarly. That was gnarly. that whole sequence was gnarly. Um, yeah, he, he 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 went at you. The commentary always does a good job of mentioning that too. When when you're when you're out there during her matches and, and one of those wrestlers gets gets too close, they're always like, "That's about wait, he's going after Billy's dad." Like I just I just love how you're yeah. so how you're so involved. Yeah, he don't. I'm trying to do my job. He's over grabbing <laughs> me, like, and then mean mugging me backstage and stuff. Dude's nuts. Well, would would you still consider Billy Tipton the better Billy? Like, does he get you in less less trouble? Yeah, where is Billy Tipton? I can't tell that's you the last time I see Billy Tipton. That's what I'm saying. I, I now that I'm saying, can that, we get I, can we get a, like a, a safety check on Billy Tipton? Like, can somebody go find Billy Tipton? If Billy Tipton is out there, can you tweet and say, "Hey, I'm good, guys." Yeah, actually, I think I've seen pictures of him dancing or something. <laughs> <laughs> That's too funny, dude. So I mean, she, Veda Scott tried to yeah. defend her and said she tries real hard. And Brandon <laughs> Kirk said, you, you guys raised the loser, which you know, take some blame <laughs> there. But she's trying. There's got to be like a little bit, a little bit of something for trying here. It just wins and losses. Okay. You sound like my boss at work. Like today, apparently <laughs> we got like uh, mentioned on the views and news call by the CEO of the company saying we're doing a good job. And he's like, hey, man, y'all did a good job. He said your name. I said, okay, do I get money for this? He was like, <laughs> he was like, no. I was like, then I don't care about him saying my name. I need W's. I need dollars. I need wins. That's very pro wrestling of you too, Matt, to be to be out there working at all times, making sure you're getting, you're getting paid, when, you're getting royalties whenever your name's out there. Yeah, I'm not joking about this. I legit looked at my boss said, did do I get money for him saying my name? Like, why are you telling me him telling us we did a good job? Does a good job equate to more money? Does does the the family money depend on Billy winning or losing? Cuz then, all right, I understand. Like if Billy's bringing in all the cash here, she needs to start winning some matches. No, Billy needs to start winning some money to pay for her own stuff. <laughs> Billy Oh, lead foot Billy Starks upstairs. <laughs> I, well, I, I was going to ask you about that at some point during this anyways, but now's a good time to ask. Um, how's that been with like the marketing? Because like the whole big Starks brand thing, I mean, I think that's been been great over the years. Um, just branding yourselves, like including more and more people throughout the years into that. And and Billy with the merchandise, uh, you know, I, I see she's always putting out new, new merchandise and stuff. So, you know, kind of the what, what all goes into that for you guys and uh, how's the merchandise been for y'all? That's that's all her mother. Her mother's been about producing merch since before her first match. Um, so her mom had bought, bought herself a cricket a few years back and she had it before the kids started wrestling and she would just make random things for herself or whatever. Then when the kids started wrestling, it was the easiest way for her to make quick shirts. So she started doing that for a while until she wasn't able to keep up with it. Um, and we got lucky because there's a guy that lives about five minutes from us that actually helps me with the Fright Night shows that I put on. And he's a screen printer. Um, and she had used him for some work projects. So she was just kind of like, hey, can you do this design? He was like, yes. And then it was like snowballing from there where 
he would do stuff very cheap and we can go pick it up. He'd leave it outside by his garage and, you know, we're up and running as a business. And like, it got so much going through him that we're probably like his biggest customer. Oh, that's um, awesome. But uh, most of her merch, everything that she does is her mom, like very seldom do any of my dumb ideas get passed <laughs> through and actually made because most of my ideas are funny to me. So I don't know how well they actually sell, but her mom's ideas and things that she works with the kid on um, have probably been some of her best sellers. I think the only idea that I can kind of take claim for is the big Starks brand thing because I said something stupid, which somebody picked up on. Uh, the guy that does the um, graphics and uh, some of the logo work for Black Label, he picked up on me saying, I'm going to be the VAR ball of pro wrestling. I'm going to protect my kid like he's mellow or whatever. And he made that logo, just ripped off the uh, big baller brand logo. And I was like, okay. Then I was like, how much for that? So I can put it on a shirt. And he was like, take it. I was like, all right, we get your shirt. Tell me your size. And we sent it to the guy. And literally he had an order of shirts made right away. And then from there I snowballed and was thinking, that dark like clothing company puts knee pad sleeves out and a lot of their people have knee pad sleeves. And I think there used to be um, another company that used to do that as well. So I was like, let me see if I can get some knee pad sleeves made. So I reached out to the wrestler Zodiac that uh, wrestled a lot around uh, Kentucky and Southern Indiana. And he made the knee pad sleeves and I just started handing them out. And so, you know, once you start seeing people like Calvin and, Trey Lamar and people like that wearing them constantly. And that summer they were all booked on like every GCW show. And that was the only thing primarily running. It was very visible. Yeah. I was going to ask you what kind of goes into determining who, like, I know you said you just were giving them out, but I mean, what kind of goes into, you know, determining who you want repping that brand? Um, because it seems like a very, I know y'all like are like menaces to each other, but like it seems like an overall, <laughs> uh, like a wholesome brand overall in like, the grand scheme of like professional wrestling. And uh, and I also always see like mittens will be out there with like the BSB, you know, flag out there and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, how do you determine who you want like representing the brand? Well, mittens is our mascot because I've determined that because that kid, he will grab a flag, grab anything and throw it up. But there's really no criteria. Like, uh, the first time Jeffrey Johns walked up to me, he was like, how do I join? I was like, dude, you literally just tweeted out and say you're in it. <laughs> He's like, are you serious? I was like, yeah, I don't care. Just say you're in it. <laughs> so he tweeted out, I was like, are you in it? He's like, that's dumb. I didn't know it was that easy. I was like, yeah, I don't care. <laughs> There's no criteria here. Everybody's going everybody's to tweet that they're in the, the big Starks brand now. Yeah, and if they get T-shirts and wear them, more marketing for me. Hey, I never right. knew it was that easy. I would have, I would have been doing this for years. I, I love, I love all y'all, man. Like the first handful of people, they were like the chosen ones. Like, like Trey and them, none of them knew what it was. Whenever I said it, and we got stuff made, I'm just like, we got the the flag that's down hanging up on our wall that's autographed by everybody. We got that made first. And we took that to a couple of GCW shows and things like that. And I would literally just hand a flag to somebody like Calvin, take this out. Okay. Calvin will walk out with it. And like the first time I think people really noticed the flag was like an AC show. Lee go out with this. So he went out with it. And I think Lee like had it on his back. He swung it around 
and opened it up perfect. And it was like, whatever you did, that was great. And like, I think we ended up making stickers of that, of Lee holding it out, coming out to uh, AC when they were doing the peer shows. But it was like that visibility of it just started snowballing. And like I said, those handful of people were chosen. Some people, like, like I said, I would hand them out and I would choose certain people. Like the biggest thing that helped was I didn't know these kids had anything big coming up. Um, I just know, like, I had met uh, Darius years ago. He stayed at our house because him and uh, a buddy, Kyle, worked Paradigm the night before. And we was like, you're not going to sleep in your car. Y'all got a 10-hour drive back home. Stay in the house. So the next morning, the kid's mom started asking them a bunch of questions. She was the first one to, for us to figure out what Airwolf's name was and that it was Darius yeah. because she asked him, what is your real name? And like, he was like, why? She's like, I don't call people by these wrestling names. What's your real name? He's like, my real name's Darius. And he gave her his real full name. And he's like, she's like, okay, you're Darius. Like it's to the point where he would be in mask and get up wrestling and she's screaming, go Darius. But then they took the mask off and they, you know, released their names and stuff. So I'm like at the collective, I'm like, here, throwing them knee pad sleeves. Here, y'all part of PSP. Come take this picture with this flag. All right, take this flag out for Glory Pro. Then boom, you fast forward, they're on. Well, like I was shocked. I didn't think they were going to be able to pull that off. Cause I gave like a t-shirt to Marco and he's like, I wear it on dynamite. I think he left it at the building at the collective, but Darius and Dante, they walked out there on that stage with him. And, and I think Dante uh, continued to wear his for quite a while. And De uh, Darius wouldn't wear his all the time because he would only wear it with gear that it matched. So anything that was blue, so anything that was purple or gold or anything like that, he would never do it. And then, they got new gear and so they stopped using it. And I'm assuming uh, they both probably lost them because that's what most people end up doing. They either tear them up or they lose them. And I keep telling them, whenever you're done with it, just autograph it, make the kid autograph it, sell it. Yeah, for sure. That's a good memorabilia right there. Yeah. 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 Um, I know you obviously have good relationships, good relationships with these people and you're at a lot of these shows and you know, you're making them look great as well. You know, taking, taking pictures that, you know, are really, really valuable, um, getting people's names and their, their, their moments out there and stuff. Um, I guess I might be kind of answering my own, my own question by asking this, but like, why do you think that so many people like a Lee, um, you know, like a, like a Trey Lamar, you know, these people with so much talent and stuff, um, like, like, you know, Airwolf, why they would even, you know, rep the brand, you know what I mean? Like, like that, that's, that's pretty huge to get their endorsement. You know what I mean? Well, when it comes to dealing with uh, me or my family, we open our home a lot. Uh, so for a while there, I'm sure, I don't know if you get mad about telling us, uh, when uh, Trey moved back to the Midwest, Trey lived with us for a few months before he got his own apartment uh, here locally until he went back home to Canton. Um, him and Lee, uh, one time when they were on a secret trip to work impact, uh, they crashed here for a bit. Um, like I mentioned, Darius uh, crashed here uh, one night when we first met him. Then they crashed again during the pandemic because we had an ACH seminar after a black label. Um, so most of these kids are so used to us being so willing to accept them and allow them our space. So they will pretty much 
like anything, run through brick walls because they're like that family will take care of us if we need it. And so if it's as simple as slipping on a knee pad, putting on a T-shirt, a uh, perfect example is like Dante jumped on the website and bought one of the hoodies. And like I seen it on the BTE stuff. I'm like, oh, he wore a hoodie on the show. And like the kid's mom, Rebecca's like, when did Dante get a hoodie? Like she's trying to figure this out. I was like, he probably bought it. So I met him. I was like, did you buy that? He's like, yeah. She's like, so she's expecting that TV name. And I was like, that's not his name. Remember, his last name is actually this. So she goes and looks and she sees this Dante from Minnesota. She's like, he bought one. So she refunded his money back to him and said, why'd you buy this? <laughs> and like he tried to fight it. Like, no, no. She's like, no. Here, take it. It's yours. Like, I'm not, we're not going to charge you. So here's your money back. So it's stuff like that. It's stuff that they just know we're generally as good as we can be people. Like, I'm brutally honest and an asshole, but at the end of the day, they know I have a good heart and I will do anything to help these kids, even if it's telling them the truth they don't want to hear. How important is it uh, to you to be like that supportive father uh, for Billy? And I mean, now you have kind of independent kids uh, that that you help out. But I, I've seen you, you know, the big Starks brand is obviously uh, akin to big baller brand and LeVar Ball. I've seen you tweet about um, Patrick Mahomes Sr. You have like John Morant's dad who's always, always at the games. Like just being that supportive father, being there like for your kids, how's, how much does that mean to you? means everything because my dad wasn't able to do it when I, when I was growing up. Uh, my dad would go to prison a lot. So me playing football, wrestling, running track, things like that. I didn't have a support system there. I literally had my teammates. So when we would look up in the stands, especially if we were away games, we didn't have any family or friends. It was mostly a handful of other kids whose family and friends were there. So we were alone. So I knew how we are with our kids because like the kid's mom, she had the same situation. Like her mom didn't go to her sports. So we tried to attend as much stuff as possible. So before the kid got into wrestling, she was in competition cheer. So mom was forcing me to wear the glitter shirts. So since she had the cricket machine, I would get to tell her what I want on the shirt. All right, I would take the glitter, but I need this on the shirt. So I'm having her rip off Kill Steen Kill shirts for the kids. So I got to sing Cheer Beans Cheer and stuff like that because I'm like, if we're going to do this, I'm going to at least enjoy what it says. So it's things like that where here I am with my camera taking pictures at cheer competitions. And I'm like, I don't want to see these, like, kids flip and stuff but then it's like oh kids are flipping and hurting themselves this is violent this is like nascar okay i can kind of get into this but i don't want to really be here but it's one of those things where you would do whatever you have to for your kid and that's what we've tried to do and i we just took it over to wrestling at least this is the thing that i enjoy wrestling i bought my camera because of wrestling so it's easy for me to say okay the kids got a match here i'm gonna go with her one, I was primarily with her a lot previously because I love wrestling and she was underage. Um, I never wanted to put that responsibility of her being underage, being in somebody's ring on that promoter. You don't have to worry, I'm here. Something happens to her. I know it's part of the world of wrestling. The best part of it is she's got insurance 
pretty good insurance, so we can go to the hospital, unlike probably 80% of the indie wrestlers out there. So it's part of what we just did. Like, be there more than our family was able to be there for us. So were, were you... Were you into wrestling and got Billy into it, or was it something that, like, kind of like cheer where she was like, you got into it because of her? Like, I, I no, I was into wrestling. Um, and then whenever I started dating her mother, uh, the, she was two turning three, like, literally turned three, like, uh, a month after me and her mom started dating. And when I would spend a lot of time over the house in the very beginning, I would watch either CSI, Criminal Minds, or wrestling. So those are the things that she gravitated to because for some reason she liked me, her brother hated me. So she would spend all of her time with me, would sit on the couch, lay on my back, we would watch wrestling and she would just fall in love with everything that was going on. And then once, you know, the relationship developed more with me and her mom and I'm here full time, it's just wrestling pretty much all the time. And then as we started making more money in our jobs and things like that, oh, now we can afford to go to shows. So, oh, Ring of Honor's in Nashville. Let's drive to Ring of Honor and see what this is about. Oh, what is this? Who's this Kevin Steen guy? Who's this guy? Who's this? Now she's saying that wrestling exists outside of, you know, WWE. Her mom becomes a director at a call center. Oh, she hires a bunch of wrestlers to work for her. Oh, one runs a company. Oh, Mr. Ian Rotten wants her to come to see what IWA is. So we're taking the kids to see IWA. I know what we're going to see. Mom doesn't really know what exactly we're going to see. Oh, Necro Butcher's coming out and he's hitting somebody with a trash can. Necro Butcher just becomes the kid's favorite wrestler. So, <laughs> <laughs> so it's stuff like that where she was exposed to a lot of it because of me. Um, some of it became more because of where her mom just happened to work. And so we were just immersed into this world where if we could go to a live show, we would go. And that's what we did for years leading into her training. Like whenever I picked up a camera, she picked up my hand-me-down camera and she would be right there with me taking pictures or I would stick her in the locker room here you take promo pictures. And that's how she would start asking wrestlers questions and stuff like that. I remember years ago i mean it's a long time ago now when you really think about it but i remember when you told me she was training um you were like hey my kids training she had to have been what like 14 or something i mean she was very young she started at uh 13. 13 yeah i remember you telling me she was training and you know you're like look out for her, like like follow her twitter and like all this stuff and i was like man this is this is pretty wild like I was kind of, I was nervous to to know about that though. I was like a thirteen year old girl getting into this world. That sounds that sounds scary, you know. And I'm not even this this girl's dad. What was kind of your feelings going into all of that? Because obviously things have worked out tremendously, and Billy is like she's great at what she's doing. I, she's on. I I am. I I know you've heard me talk about it, but I I honestly think she's going to be the biggest star in, in all of wrestling. I honestly believe that. Um, but what was it like getting into it? Like kind of your reservations and, but also knowing you were going to be there with her along the way, obviously that helps a lot. So. Well, so like the training thing came out of left field. We didn't know it was going to start that soon. Um, so like I said, Ian Rotten, for example, worked for her mom. And she would say she was going to be a wrestler all the time. You know, it's one of those things. Okay. You know what? You go to college, wherever you go to college at, we will pay for training school there. That was always the deal. You go in any state, I'm sure I can find a training school for you to go. 
So different wrestlers would give her advice because they knew she wanted to be a wrestler. Don't go to this school, stay away from here. She's going to go places where people are, you know, created somebody, blah, blah, blah. So we happened to be at a show at the arena. And I think uh, Man Man Panda was standing there and I was uh, bugging him about, hey, why don't you teach my kid how to wrestle? He's like, I don't have a ring. I'm like, you literally live in the arena. And he's like, it's, I can't just train people in that ring. He's like, talk to tough. So too tough Tony walks over. I'm like, my kid wants to wrestle. Can she train here? He's like, well, tell her come check out a class. And if she likes it, we'll talk about it. He's like, well, our next class is on Monday. All right. So the kid finishes uh, cheer practice. I meet him from work. We get over to about six o'clock. The kid gets in the ring. The trainer immediately has her taking bumps, doing rolls and stuff like that. I'm looking at her face. I look at her mom. I said, she's never getting out of that ring. You might as well go ahead and break out that <laughs> checkbook and pay them the down uh, payment because she's training now. And it's one of those things that, like, looking at her next to some of the girls that were training that day, which was uh, Charlie Kroll and uh, I think a girl named Hazel, she was already taller than both of them at 13. She was already bigger than most of the girls that were wrestling. Um, like, she was uh, very close and big fan of uh, Samantha Heights. She was already way bigger than her at 13. So I'm like, if this girl can take bumps and do stuff, my kid can. Then the other side that I'm looking at is her brother plays contact football. He's literally banging his head with a helmet on against another person. I wrestled, you know, amateur in high school and middle school and elementary school and played football and ran track, hurt my body, my knees popped to this day. How can I say, no, you can't be a professional wrestler that's at least somewhat you working with somebody else and not somebody trying to ride lot you and knock you out. So yeah, you can be a wrestler. You're going to be bigger than most of the people you wrestle. And as long as you get good training, we know you'll be fine. And I know you're tough as nails and ain't nothing going to hurt you. So there was no reservations about that. It's just let her do it. I know I can trust her. And now it's more just trying to ring her back on, you don't have to do all the dumb shit. <laughs> all right. Let, let me ask about this because I was going to ask, do you have to rein her in? Because one, she will do dumb shit. Two, she told me she likes working with sort of younger talent because she can pitch dumb shit to them. She explicitly mentioned that she pitched doing a poison Rana to red velvet, who is you know on television nearly every week. And I heard from somebody else and I'm going to expose them here. Allie Albright messaged me and said she pitched doing the Canadian destroyer to me. So she's just out here like pitching. Let's just do all this crazy stuff. And like your, your first week on the job here, do you got to rein her back a little bit one for her own good. And then for the good of others of like, let's not pitch. Do let's just say when she did the, <laughs> the dumb bump at SCI, she knew not to tell me because if anybody <laughs> watches that video, you can see, I did not take pictures of it. The camera drops. I'm staring at her. I'm watching her fall. I look at her mom. I stare back at her. Then after the match, I went behind the uh, banner there and waited for her. And then me and her went to a room and had a conversation. And I had to have witnesses there because her mom thought I was going to yell at her. So Shug D and Cole Radrick were both in the room to make sure I didn't lose my shit. 
right, now we gotta ask Cole about this when we when we talk yeah. to him. What I was nice. I just, I was real nice. Like I didn't scream or yell, and Cole came out and told her mom because that's who sent her him. Rebecca Bridget, mom sent Cole in there. But I only think I told her is like, you gotta pay attention to the decisions you're making. I get you're doing them for your personal reasons and you want to be your own individual, but your decisions don't just affect you. The decisions that you make with your body or things you want to do will have ripple effects amongst kids that are looking up to you who want to be, I want to be a teenage wrestler. Maybe somebody looks at what you did and says, that's why we don't need to let kids wrestle. Even though they would let literally they jump that hump from underage to over 18. They could be literally 18 and 30 seconds and they can go do that same spot and nobody will say a word. Right. It's the same way. Like she's older than Nick Wayne, but you don't hear as much crap given to him as she was given because she's a girl. So it's stuff like that, where as much as possible, I try not to, get into her business of what she's doing. I just tell her to be smart with what she's doing. I completely trust her with what she's doing because she knows how to fall down. She's been training to fall down for the past four or five years or more since she was 13. I think she knows how to fall down at this point. Like I trust this kid will slip and fall in a grocery store and know how to land and not hurt himself. Like she's one of those people where I think the first two years in wrestling, she was trying to start a flip bump challenge thing on the internet before I think TikTok was a thing. She was trying to get people just to take random flip bumps in places. <laughs> like I think uh, her first uh, theater class, they were doing uh, a exercise where they were supposed to pretend to be getting hit by a car. She flip bumps on the stage and scares the, uh, the theater teacher. The teacher's like, what are you doing? She's like, oh, it's cool. I, I'm a professional wrestler and I practice falling down for a living. I know what I'm doing. She's like, but don't do that here. And then like, of course the teacher didn't believe her until she pulled up YouTube videos. Like, yo, here's me wrestling, doing dumb stuff. But I just want her to know that things are bigger than her. And I think I've preached that enough to her that she knows, but she's going to be her own wrestler. She's going to do what she is going to do. She has enough uh, big brothers and uncles and aunts and everything else telling her, and lay off of that. But there's a reason why people kind of know her name because she's out there willing to do a lot of things that other people aren't. Yeah, we well, you know a lot of people do know her name. Uh, a lot of people are knowing her name even more right now with like the AEW appearances and stuff. And uh, I feel like it's only going to get bigger and bigger. Um, you're talking about decisions she makes with her body in the ring, decisions she makes you know, professionally. Just ready to ask you, dude. Where's she signing? <laughs> I have no clue. <laughs> she knows my stance on everything. Um, the same advice I've given a lot of these kids. If it's not money that's going to change your life, don't put your name on it. Like, I want her to make enough money where she doesn't need us. She doesn't need, say, another job. She doesn't need to really take up indie bookings unless she works at a place that lets her take up indie bookings and she wants to take those bookings, but I want her to make a salary. Like at the end of the day, I want her to make more money than me and if possible, make more money than her mom and ultimate goal to make more money than me and her mom combined. 
If she can do that, then I'm satisfied. If she's happy, I'm satisfied. And I just want her to be able to take care of herself. And then whenever she's ready to say I'm done, to go live on her farm. Because I know that's her goal at the end of the day is have a farm with a bunch of cows and random animals and a bunch of land. So if she can make enough money to afford that, my job's complete. Do, do you think, um, obviously you don't need to give us too much information, but do you think it's something that's going to happen soon? Because obviously the big comparison right now is kind of parallel with Nick Wayne being signed to AEW, you know, before he even graduated high school. Um, I know Billy obviously has a lot of eyes on her at 18 years old. Um, like, is it something where like, you're like, if she, if she signed tomorrow somewhere, like that's, you're good with it. Like, like it's her decision. Yeah. Cool. Like men or mom have I had these conversations for, Sometime, like we really started having these conversations, uh, I want to say literally the week after um, the Tampa Collective, um, because that's when we started getting pretty much notified that people were watching. So we started having conversations like, what do we do? How do we handle this? And that's when I started saying, if they don't give her life-changing money, then it's no. Like, I don't want my kid to have a contract and then she still has to go work this job at the daycare. Like, yeah. Why is my kid on TV? And then the next day, she's wiping some little kid's nose. My kid should be on TV. And then the next day, going home and sitting on her couch or going to work out or, heck, if she wants, putting a lease down on a building and putting a ring in it. Like, I want her to do that stuff. I don't want her to have to go into a job unless it's a want to go into a job um like if she wants a Britt baker type of life but we've kind of felt like okay she's like her mom still lives in that oh my kids never gonna get booked type scared world i live in a no my kids pretty much a badass can work anywhere she wants to work yeah. um, i may talk bad about her losing and stuff like that but at the end of the day to lose a match you have to get booked for it so to have a bunch of losses, you got to get booked a lot. So a booking's a booking. Win, lose, or draw, you're still booked, brother. So I know my kids are going to probably sign a deal. I just It's just a matter of I hope the money's right, and I hope the money will take care of her. Do I, is, is that all, like, completely – not, not, I don't mean just her decision, but, like, do you do – you, because obviously I, I don't know what NASA is, but it's just so rare that someone starts so young like she did. Like, do you kind of like manage her career from that aspect where like you would negotiate with the companies that she could potentially sign her? Or is that mainly her conversations that she's having herself? Pretty much as realistic as her and her mom's conversations because her mom proofreads everything that happens, like any type of social media stuff. Her mom has access to her social media. So she sees everything, people. <laughs> Oh, gee. So, oh, I can. Oh, geez. I can. So oh. literally, her mom sees everything because <laughs> this is not just for the weirdos out there. This also goes to promoters because we have promoters who have told her mom, you don't know what was said. Yes, her mom does. Her mom <laughs> sees everything and nothing. Her mom's actually the one who deletes everything. So her mom sees it probably before the kid sees it. So. Her mom goes over anything that comes in her inbox. So like whenever she was messaged to, hey, do you want to do some extra work for AEW? Her mom's seen it before her. She was at school. She didn't see it. Her mom's seen it first and then texted her, yo, check your messages. Do you want to do this? 
you know, her mom helped her get all of her physical information set up. Her mom got it all stained and ready for her, got it all perfect, had her in her business casual outfit and getting her all dressed and sending her on the road. Like her mom handled and helped with everything. Like if she gets anything that needs to be looked over or asked about her mom will, you know, group text me if I'm at work, hey, this came, blah, blah, blah. This is what this is saying. What do you think? And, you know, I will, they know my stance because I've said it a lot. So she knows what I think. Like if you hear the kid talk sometimes, you hear me because literally it's her regurgitating stuff that I said to her that I've heard from somebody else that I regurgitate. So she knows where I stand and she knows how I would make a decision. And I'm pretty sure her decision-making would be in line between mine and her mom's thinking. Who are some names on the independent scene that, that stand out to you besides Billy? Uh, you're, you're at all these shows. You're shooting all these shows. Who's somebody it's like people got to pay attention to, to this guy or girl. Titus Alexander. He should be signed right now. Oh yeah. We love We've him. had him on the show before. Yeah. yeah. Without a doubt. Like I love Nick. Titus is the one from the, from the West coast. Like yeah. I don't, understand for the life of me why this kid's not being flown out everywhere like that kid's really good really good and can play any side or any character that they need him to do like uh him and will osprey like i knew will osprey was good i knew he was you know a decent wrestler but after that titus match i looked was like osprey's ready to go to the fed like you can put Osprey right now on Raw and just let him and Randy Orton go put on a five-star classic and it'd be the greatest thing in the world. And that was all because of how great he looked with, with, you know, Titus. I'm like, what did I just witness? Like, had he probably not wrestled Titus, I probably would just be like, yes, yeah, Osprey. But I'm so high on Titus. He made Titus a star star that night. So I think Titus, Literally, like Titus should be getting regular AEW dark booking stuff like that. He should be on their radar. He should be going and do tryouts at the Fed. There's no reason he's not in one of those tryouts that they do secretly that they release pay, uh, pictures of later. He should totally be down there with a group of 20 other athletes trying out because I think that he's money. Um, right now, he's probably the one I'm the highest on. Like, there's just something about him. Yeah. Well, what are your opinions on Cole Radrick? <laughs> um, before uh, you got on the call, um, I said Cole's probably mad at me today um, <laughs> because I sent him a text today, and I said, hey, I just seen you on Botchamania. Um, <laughs> stop getting on tables uh, because you getting on tables don't work out. You fidget too much, and it never looks good. Stop it. Then he told me something about, won't you go do the spot and see if you can do it better? <laughs> then I said, oh, you're mad at me. Oh, you look like an idiot, but go off, King. And then I don't think we've talked uh, since. <laughs> well, hopefully by the time this airs. Can I send I'm this to Cole? Hold on. Yeah. Let, me, let me send this to Cole. Let's see if we'll let's just have a run-in on this show. Let's see if we'll jump on right now. Yeah, let's see if Cole Ryder can yeah. jump in right now. I'm good. He's probably yeah. twitching. He's, He's probably, probably on Twitch. I'm gonna send you. We can co-stream co then. We'll, they'll yeah. have our audio on his Twitch stream if you don't <laughs> do it. 
He don't know how to do it. Yeah, I don't know. I've actually got a Cole Radrick autograph in here right behind me. I don't know if you can see it up there. Why would you do that? Yeah. Hey, man, he's, 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 he's become one of my guys. He's given us a lot of time on the show. I appreciate it. I was folding the laundry today, and I looked, and there was a medium Cole Radrick shirt. It's like, wait, the kid has a Cole Radrick shirt? Why? <laughs> Speaking of, you think he got it for I'm... free? He oh, free. he definitely probably gave it for free. It was a design <laughs> that I got made for him. <laughs> I don't know if I already missed the window, but I, I, I got sidetracked. I wanted to buy one of those um one of those shirts from Billy, the one with the rabbit head on it. I'm sure if you message her account, her mom could probably still sneak it in. That's the best way. Just just DM her and don't get that. Okay, cool. Yeah, I'll I'll hit her up after this. I won't forget. I gotta get some big stars brand stuff too. If you want to. If I want to. Cole, Cole like I... is <laughs> Cole is streaming right now. He he just I knew messaged it. me back. That's like his full time job or something now. He's like, <laughs> like trying to literally make it wrestling and streaming. Mm. He did say he was trying to do that uh, when, when I talked to him last week. He's, he's trying to. He spent a lot of money on some type of computer and some type of setup. So he's trying and he's been consistent with it, which is what I told him. Like, hey, if you're going to do this, you like legit got to be very, very consistent. You can't take like days off or anything. You got to have a set time where you're constantly getting on so your little followers know. For sure. Yeah, Twitch grind is tough. What did Cole say to you? Just said I'm trying to stream in. I'm busy. Oh yeah, he, he said I, I said I said that Mouse is saying stuff about you, and <laughs> uh, I wanted to give you a chance to defend yourself. And he said, "Is it bad?" And then he said, "He's streaming right now." I said, "Well, it's good <laughs> and bad. We're we're bullshitting." So I was gonna give. <laughs> hey, look, the 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 uh, the invitation was out there. I yep. sent it to Cole. He replied. If people listen to this and want to call call a coward for not jumping on the <laughs> stream. I'm not telling you to do that, but I'm just saying he is putting over his own Twitch stream instead of defending himself to Mouse. So that's, Sounds that's like a coward. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, y'all should do a whole show based on Cole on tables. Tell me, yeah, it's really <laughs> bad. That would actually be hilarious. We could do that. We could watch <laughs> videos of him on tables like, with him. And, and get his <laughs> get his thoughts on it. Any other any other thoughts? I mean, there's obviously the the big source brand. Uh, you know, it extends to quite quite a few talents. Um, any other menaces amongst y'all that you really want to uh, you know throw out, throw out there? Any 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 road stories or any uh, any stories in general about some of these some of these characters that you hang out with? Oh, they're just all weird people. <laughs> um, I don't know if you ever got trapped by Brad at like a sup and he'll give you all of his uh, matchup ideas. That's the <laughs> thing that happens. <laughs> like Brad's like a promoter's worst nightmare. <laughs> like he will pull him off to the side and say, yo, have you heard about my five ring death match? What? <laughs> or he <laughs> or you pull him to the side. Hey, have you heard about my ring crew battle royal? And they're like, what does that even mean? And then he goes into a spell and you're just like, I just sat there for 15 minutes of him explaining some crazy harebrained idea that I kind of want to do, but no, I shouldn't do. <laughs> oh, that's too funny. <laughs> What's like the he, weirdest place you, you've ever had to like go to, to, to shoot an event or travel to, to just take in an event? 
like weirdest setup or or just building. Johnny Gargano has mentioned that he wrestled literally in just like a prison yard. Oh, any, anything like that of just a weird setup. The crazy thing is we had um, Matt Cross tell us about that prison yard show once at uh, NGW. <laughs> Um, because one of my favorite things before I get into the weird places is uh, Brad's a very big Lucha Underground Wrestling Society X fan. So anytime we're on a show with somebody from one of those shows, I say, hey, this is Brad. He really likes Lucha Underground and Wrestling Society X. He wants to ask you some questions. And we had Matt Cross for probably about an hour tell us a bunch of Lucha Underground and Wrestling Society X stuff. And Brad's just sitting there like not saying a word. Like I have to ask all the questions. Because they didn't know what to say. And then finally, Brad gets comfortable. And he's like, uh, you know where y'all used to do uh, kicks, like super kicks and stuff? And y'all would slap y'all's legs? They would take two sticks and smack them together for sound effects for that. And <laughs> yeah. Matt was like, what? He's like, yeah. Then Matt was like, oh, you know my voice? They changed it in the, in the later seasons because they fired the sound effects guy that originally did it. <laughs> oh, and so... Brad was learning all this stuff about it, but then they got sidetracked. And then he went into the story about the, the prison yard. He's like, yeah, we wrestled in front of a bunch of prisoners in a prison yard. We did a couple shows doing this before. It's like, we're like, wait, how does that work? He's like, I don't know. We haven't done them in years, but yeah, we did them. But <laughs> as far as me, weirdest place, I probably, I've just shot some terrible buildings. Like uh, the arena's not that great. Um, Shot this uh, salvage yard slash garage thing down in Houston called the Houston Premier Arena. Like outside of it, it's just a bunch of trash and cars. Then inside of it, it's just like a one of those like metal garage things. And it's like salvage chairs and stuff. Like I think they had like some chairs from maybe a movie theater, like off to the side and like leading to the entrance. It was like, and people shit on the arena. Like, this place isn't that great either. Uh, that was a, a special place. Um, trying to think, like, really off the reservation weird. Did shoot on a Native American reservation once. That was special. Um, nice. That show was headlined by Katie Forbes. I just remember she was, like, on their uh, digital board real big in it would have probably confused any person like riding by. They probably just assumed that a stripper was there. Um, but like every place that people shoot wrestling or run wrestling shows in are weird. Like nobody uses traditional buildings that they really should be using. Yeah. Like, technically the basement East is a weird place to be running <laughs> wrestling shows. At. Dude, it's I a low ceiling <laughs> bar. And then until they renovated it because of the tornado, they weren't able to put a full-size regular ring in there, but now they somehow can. But, like, that's a weird, weird building. Like, the locker room is literally the green room that should only have four people in it. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah everyone, like, is just want like, they're just, like, kind of hidden behind the bar there. So there, there's, like, yeah. a little curtain and just, like, the bar. So you see, like, Brad Ice and just, like, standing behind the bar. I want to say before that, the first time I went, I think the green room was the locker room. The, the oh, door, that's, okay. that used to be the locker room at one point. And then yeah. they were like, no, we can't put everybody in there. Then they shifted everybody over to the other side of the bar. That's and like crazy. you can literally look across the bar and see into what is supposed to be the locker room. Yes. <laughs> oh, that's too funny. Dude, but, yeah. For those of you who don't know, we're talking about the basement east side of Nashville, Tennessee. It's like it's a little, it's a little bar, a little, a literal bar in, in, in East Nashville. 
And I remember to make a long, I won't, it's kind of a long story. I've told it before, but just to your point, Mouse, about how that's not a traditional wrestling building. You, you had to have been there. Were you, you, were you there the show when Marco and Dan wrestled VIF in that death? Are you talking about with the, the uh, ring bell getting hit on Dan's head? Yeah. That was that that match. Yeah. Yeah. That was, that was just a brutal, just the worst bell shot in history. It gives you chills. Um, I remember like Marco's blood being on my feet, like you know what I mean. And stuff. It was so bad, but um, I remember I walked outside to get some air because I was like, "This, there are some decisions getting made right in front of me." People got skewers in their heads, and Ben Degrini took tacks to his bare feet. I'm just like, "Oh my god!" So like, I walked outside, and there was um, it was this family out there yelling, just scolding the 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 security or the staff of the basement east, and they're going. We're from out of town, and we were told that this was a music venue that we needed to check out. What the fuck is going on in this place? Like, and they, they didn't because they just see little Marco stunt running around with skewers in his head and stuff. And they were like, "What is happening in here?" Yeah, that was like two weeks, I think, before uh, GCW came. Like I thought, like I guess they were like tapping the waters to see if somebody could bleed. Because they yeah. didn't want like GCW to take get the building taken from them, but then I think yeah. GCW came a, a couple weeks later, and then you had the Rejects versus uh, Violence Forever versus the Carnies, and that yep. just went off the rails. Yes, yes. Because <laughs> I just remember Kerry running around the uh, base niche trying to hit somebody with a uh, ring bell because he's trying to get retribution for Dan. Yeah. Oh man. Oh, that's too funny. These are those deep cuts for the for this for the sub game out there. I love that. I love that. But like I've shot some weird buildings. Like some buildings have been real cool where you're like you didn't expect them to be really cool or they've been like just epic and you're like, man, I should not be shooting a show here. Like shooting uh the Mall of America. Like I had no business somehow getting air cannon allow me to be ringside for that. But here we are pretty much all day long running around this mall, riding roller coasters and stuff. We go get some food. And then the kids in the basement of the mall that nobody really should be in, but somehow wrestlers and me are allowed to be in this basement. And she's getting dressed to wrestle in a building that hasn't had wrestling since before she was born. <laughs> <laughs> So that was probably definitely the coolest building I've ever done. That was a cool show. That was a really cool show. Like they kind of have a redid the nitro uh, vibe and everything like that. That was awesome. And if uh, the way Eric tells it, based off a of ticket sold, he sold more tickets for his show than WCW did. Oh wow! Wow! I because believe that. I do believe it. Uh, WCW only sold tickets. I think he said on the floor. All those people that you've seen, like over the like balconies and stuff like that looking those were all just people who walked up and started watching uh, and, and so eric sold the the tickets in the balcony for his show yeah WCW did. all the way up uh i think they weren't planning to open the very top balcony but he was selling so well they went ahead and opened it up gotcha well, that makes sense then that makes sense uh, Mouse, want to get you out of here on this. We ask every guest, uh, what is the coolest thing in your room? You can go up and get it. It's like not near you. You can go pick it up and show it to us. 
And it can't know. be like your camera. I mean, it can be. I guess if you have like a really cool camera. But I thought I was just gonna grab Billy and like look. Was that this, was that, this juice, was the... that juice box behind you? All? What's going on? No, that was that was mine. Let me oh, let me no. go find something. I go find something. See if I can find something. Okay. Cool. Shout out juice box. Uh, the other child we haven't been talking about. <laughs> <laughs> like I'm really trying to think of what. Like realistically, probably the. I assume he knows the mic is still hot. He's, he's oh, it's still hot. Yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> like, I guess technically the coolest thing I'll probably have is this poster. Oh, okay. Um, this poster is an autograph poster of the first show I ran. Nice. Very cool. That, is, that actually is pretty really cool. Yeah, so it was our first Fright Night. Hold on. Let me, let me, let me uh, move this box and get get you the solo layout there we Ooh, go there we go you can see it a lot better there Ooh, i like that yeah yeah freddie hudson in the middle there got struggles with the autograph card in the corner yeah and cole <laughs> very cool yeah that's badass i like that yeah a lot. that's sweet yeah i like that uh, that is very yeah. sweet. Thank you. you know what, Thank you for showing us that. I actually kind of do the same thing with, uh, I don't work GCW, obviously, but, you know, I've been to the two shows in Atlanta and got to do interviews and stuff there for Fightful. So, like, the two center stage shows, I've got the the signed uh, posters up there. So, I've got I've got Cole in there somewhere as well. I'm um, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. But uh, but yeah, man, I'm really glad you were able to do this. We've been wanting to get you on the show for a long time now, and uh, I mean, dude, we met back at a Glory Pro show. I mean, but it wasn't a sub show. Ago. Was that it, it was, was that Glory, Glory Pro? We, was it the met. one? Uh, it wasn't the one where Myron won the title, was it? Or was it the no, one? No, he defended the title. He, I, I was there at the well. I was I wasn't there the night he won the title, but I was at the next show, the the Marafuji Dijak show, where he was okay. The one that was at the uh, fairgrounds, the really packed show that probably had yes. about a thousand people. I was at that. Then I went to the next one. You actually introduced me to Myron at the next one after the show. Okay, um, and uh, he was still the champion, I think, at that point. Yeah, the one with Marafuji, he wrestled, I think, Ar Fox, and then the one after that. Did he lose it to Jake something on that one, I, or was that he lost it? Like yeah, a couple shows after Jake something. Um, but yeah, I just I was always you're 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 always a familiar face that I look forward to seeing at these shows. Like ever since then, like whether it's at SUP or SCI or you know here and now that I'm in Atlanta when I get to see a GCW and stuff. Um, I always appreciate what you do, man, and like you're a good guy. So like I, it's it's always good to see you at these shows, and I, I hopefully I'll see you. Uh, GCW is going to be here in just a couple months again, so. Most likely, I'll probably ride down with Cole. Yeah. Sorry. Well, yeah, Billy, we'll, Billy will be signed by that, so. Yeah, I can't ride with the kids. The kid's also a flight now, brother, so got to ride with Cole. <laughs> awesome. Um, so we appreciate you joining us. Let everybody know where, where they can find you at, where they can support you, and the Big Starks brand at. They can just follow my kid. Follow Billy Starks. Don't worry about me. I just shed on her. You don't want to read it. Mouse's Wrestling Adventures. <laughs> you don't want to no, look those... at my pictures. Look at other people's pictures. 
<laughs> you didn't even talk about his <laughs> photography hardly at all. Malice, I'm going to put him over right now. Some of the best wrestling photography you're going to see helps with promo pictures. I know wrestlers really appreciate those. I hear wrestlers talk about that often, by the way, how important it is to take opportunities when people with good cameras, they know what they're doing, are willing to take time to take good pictures of you that you can get out to promoters, that you can put on social media. It's very valuable. So you are doing a really big service to a lot of these wrestlers, and obviously they appreciate that. So I will put you over for, for your fantastic work, <laughs> you should have seen i'll put you over even more i'll actually I'll throw you under the bus this was my conversation with mouse in the dms to get him on the show all right i said i asked if mouse wanted to come on i gave him this whole like hey if you want to do this interview with fightful me and jeremy we'd love to have you on his response if you want my, 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 my response yeah for sure i'll send you the stream your link on tuesday his response okay <laughs> and, then, and then i sent him the link today cool said, Dude, do you want to do the show or not man so but then, but then uh but no i know I, I, I just know that's how you are though so i i, I appreciate you being you man <laughs> i i appreciate you doing the show as well once when jensen told me uh we were trying to set this up like oh yeah we that that sounds great especially i talked to a bunch of people last week including billy and they all said for the most part kind things about you i was like oh mouse would be great to have on so i appreciate you doing this everyone go follow billy starks on twitter don't follow mouse at all uh and we'll be right back here on the spotlight everybody we're back big thank you to robert starks bellamy aka mouse for joining us on the creator spotlight everyone go follow billy starks don't follow mouse um but you can, if you want to follow Mouse, check out the links below. You can follow him on Twitter. You can support the Big Starks brand. All you got to do is tweet. Tweet that you're in the Big Starks brand and you're in. It helps if you buy a t-shirt. I think that makes it a little bit more official. But if you just tweet that you're in the Big Starks brand, you are in. Guys, we appreciate you joining us here today on the Spotlight. We'll be back next Thursday covering everything in the world of professional wrestling from WWE to AEW to the independent scene to Japan to anything else we just kind of want to talk about. Uh, big time in wrestling with the road to WrestleMania in WWE, the road to Revolution in AEW, and the road to just WrestleMania weekend when it comes to the independent scene. So no shortage of stuff talking about. We got, we're got we working on a couple of guests for everybody. We'll have more information on that when they are locked in. And I usually don't like to give information on that until they are locked in and the interview is actually recorded because it's professional wrestling. Plans change, as we have been told a million times. Everyone can head over to FightfulOverbooked.com. we got new content dropping daily over there. My interview with Billy Starks did go up this week. She talked about her appearances on AEW Dark. She talked about training during COVID, uh, going to Japan, a lot of different stuff uh, talking about with Billy. And I did ask her about, you know, her dad saying how she loses. She's a fucking loser, according to her dad and her cage match record. So... Everyone go check that out that interview with Billy Starks. I thought that was uh thought that was good. And I hate every interview that I do. And a bunch of other interviews coming up in the upcoming weeks from uh, people who are involved in the JCW uh J Cup. So we've got Yoya, Cole Radrick, and Starboard Charlie still to drop. We've already dropped Billy Starks, Joey Janela, and the winner, Jordan Oliver, already up on Fight Over Book. So everybody can go check that out. Other content, we got live shows almost every day now on overbooked cheese we are getting overbooked on overbooked uh we got live shows though tonight indeed 
with Mike and Righteous Reg covering the world of independent professional wrestling. Um, everyone can check that out later on tonight, at least 5 p.m. Eastern on Fightful Overbooked, coexisting with Rob and Maggie tomorrow at 3 p.m. Eastern, day after Dynamite, which is not on Overbooked. It is on YouTube.com slash Fightful right here on this channel. Uh, that is at 3 o'clock with Will Washington reviewing last night's Dynamite. I have coverage all weekend of WWE Elimination Chamber. Joel Pearl, for some reason, is in Montreal. If you were in Montreal and you see Joel Pearl, please, 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 I cannot stress this enough. Please give him a hug, but don't say it's for me. Then punch him in the face and say that is for me. I hope Joel Pearl does well. I hope his trip to Montreal is fruitful for Joel Pearl. Go to WrestleRumble.com. Thank you to them for sponsoring today's show. WrestleRumble.com. Uh, sign up. Sign up and participate in their Elimination Chamber. Pick them. Guys, we will be back next week. Talk to y'all then. Everyone enjoy your Thursday. Everyone have a good weekend. Oh, and thanks to Caden for getting his gum thrown in his face and then coming on our silly show and talking about it. I'll, I'll say one kind thing about him, I guess. Thank you, everybody. Enjoy your weekend. We will talk to y'all next week. Bye, everyone. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.